Brad Pitt is a murderer, David Spade is a has-been, and the new Vin Diesel movie is Riddick. This week on 302010. Hello everyone and welcome to 302010. Um... Chris Santista has marked himself a survivor of Hurricane Dahlia. Dahlia? I don't know how to say it because I haven't had power for almost 48 hours. Uh, it's been harrowing, but the safest hurricane I've ever been through. Everyone I know and care about is fine with not even property damage. Very, very fun. Uh, listen to VGA. I'll, I'll tell a little story if you want to hear what exactly happened. This is 302010, where you find out what the world looked like 30, 20, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and you love a love a love your sweet calendar girl each and every day of the year. Ooh, that move. Oh, good. And I'm J.R. Rawls, and I once wrote an essay in high school that made everyone in the school talk about it, and it made me super <laughs> popular. Liar, liar, liar. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about that. Um, so many fun and disposable things out there. Gloriously disposable things out this week, 30, 20, 10 years ago. We're going to talk about the movies, TV shows, video games, music, and more. Uh, also, the show is brought to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Like the show? Give us five bucks or one dollar or a million more than one. Uh, it's up to you, but we encourage you five dollars. We got a ton of extra shows. And, uh, yeah, new season of Elm Street Nightmare, our spooky seasonal show covering a series, which will be what, Jur? It's going to be about <laughs> the evil dead. Evil dead. Um, I like the peaceful dead. No. Thank you. <laughs> or the grateful what? dead. Diana, you... you, you that's, were... that's the crossover we need. <laughs> evil dead meet the grateful dead. Yes. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I guess it could happen. That, that seems like a very Three Stooges thing. Fucking Ramies would love. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm talking to a girl, and we're making a list of spooky movies. She's like, please, I'm not, I scare easily. Just make it light stuff. And all PG, except for uh, except for Army of Darkness, because somehow that gets by, including you, Diana, right? Even you oh, can yeah. handle an Evil Dead movie. Yep. Um, yep. Anyway, patreon.com oh. slash laser time for all that. You can handle two and three. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Everything else, I can just... Oh, I shit, have we not Rise recorded Rise yet? Rise was... Okay, anyway. We still need to record Rise. Yeah, Chris. maybe I'll watch it again. We've got to make everyone's schedules align, which is super fun and super easy. Cursed, cursed Puppet Masters and Castle Freaks doing full-time horror stuff. Go check out their show. Really cool. Um... Hello, Jared and Steve. Uh, and let's go to 302010. We're covering three years. Uh, thir three years, 10 years apart, 302010. Get it? We're good. Uh, and this week we'll be covering the week of September 1st to the 7th across three decades, 1993, 2003, and 2013. So we're going to tell you all the cool stuff that came out there. Got to rediscover a bunch of stuff. I got to finally encounter certain things that were and weren't worth it. Can't wait to tell you about it. Let's begin as we always do. Um, a little bit of news to bring you into the wonderful world of 30 years ago. The musical Will Rogers Follies closes after 983 performances uh, and after six Tony Awards. That is one of those pop culture touchstones I've heard said a thousand times and do not know what it is. 
and have never experienced it in person. Uh, so I did see this uh, live did. in New York City uh, <laughs> when it was running. I thought, did you see and... it at the top of a mountain in Thailand while dating a stripper? Like, and what hasn't <laughs> Jr. done? The checklist. <laughs> Thinking. Not quite, Not but. <laughs> Anyways, I was really into musicals in the early 90s and living in Portland, Oregon, going to New York was this like once every two years experience. So we mm-hmm. went there and we saw a bunch of musicals. Uh, the one that blew me away was Les Mis, but a number of other ones like the Will Roger Follies, I got the soundtrack for and I got really into show tunes at the time and I had no idea what connotations there were for young high school boys who really like show tunes. Oh, honey. (laughs) I had no connection. Some ways it might make it easier for you to get a date. Yeah. Because you're safe. Someone (laughs) someone put me in drama in freshman year of high school. It was awesome. Four boys, one of the only ones interested in all the other girls. Uh, But the play itself... I remember as being amazing. I listened to some of the soundtrack for the show. Still a lot of bangers in it. Will Rogers was such an interesting guy. He yeah. was the Beatles of the 1920s, basically. Uh, it is claimed that he met every king on the planet. Yeah, and I, I just got a book from Cliff, Cliff Nesteroff. I didn't know he was Native American. He's like one of mm-hmm. the most famous Native Americans in history. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, but uh, when he that, died, that, that book the is called "We Had Country. a Little Real Estate Problem," and it's all about comedy, Native American comedy. It's very good. Oh, you should check it out. Interesting. We had a little real estate problem. Could not be a better title. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Jim. Yeah, the play summarizes the life of this incredibly popular entertainer. You know, he was like the number one radio guy, the number one live performer guy, and the number one movie star all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And when he died in a plane crash, the entire nation went into mourning in a way I don't think has happened for my entire life, with the possible exception of Michael Jackson. That's mm. the only one where I really remember that, like, permeating everything. Kurt Cobain and Robin Williams, but I think that also might be very specific to the my family and I people like my age. Specific and like to the people that really love those yeah. people, not like everyone. Yeah, just my parents with the uh, with the Robin Williams thing. They were just as devastated. Um, yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast and they reminded me what it was like when Heath Ledger died, and it was just the same thing of just like the surprise. Was uh, l- literally that it kind of unbelievable. Everybody. We had the yeah. internet, but like, we're not going to trust TMZ. I'm like, you cannot like TMZ, but like, they're rarely wrong on these things. They're just eager. Yeah, they're very eager to report it. Yeah, people don't give a shit about movies. Being like, oh no, mm-hmm. this is permeated somehow. Will Rogers' follies. Now I know. Now I know. Um, so many things I know after this week that I had no idea about before. I knew the fugitive was the fugitive. Seems like it had it's had a more time as number and number one than Jurassic Park. That's a little baffling, but I think Jurassic Park still made more money. Oh, uh, yeah. way more money! Yeah. But the fugitive came out late, mm-hmm. so it's going up against ah. the wonderful films we're about to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. Um, like, well, uh, this is Diana territory. Yeah. You, Rongguang, I think I got that. 
Gene Wang, Private Eye, um, and Donnie Yen in Iron Monkey. Yes. So this is the original Chinese release mm-hmm. of Iron Monkey that we talked about when the American, slightly edited Harvey Weinstein Americanized Quentin Tarantino version came to the U.S. in 2001. Wow. That's how long we would have to wait. And like, yeah, it took all those people to get us the original freaking Iron Monkey, which is really good. And you should watch it. Absolutely. Even the American version is like, okay. You know, they, they edit some stuff around and they change the music. It's mm. a, a big thing. But yeah, it, it's got everything you want, man. It's got Yen Ping. It's got Sweetheart. It's got a ton of fights. Yep. Hell Very yeah. Well, if you like fights, man, are you going to love Boxing Helena with uh, Sherilyn <laughs> and, and uh, Julian Sands? I was going to say, that oh, was a Bill really Paxton. good segue, but you meant a different kind of boxing. But it is an epic fight. It is Hollywood legend epic fight. Yeah? Okay, I, I have watched, by my estimation, 600 movies for 302010. Wow! All, yeah. all together, somewhere in that neighborhood. This is not the worst movie I've watched for this show. This is the dumbest movie I have watched <laughs> for the show. Okay, listeners, I am deliberately spoiling this 30-year-old movie for you because it is that bad, and I want to save you. It's all a dream. Oh, oh my God. What yep. type of bullshit third-grade honors uh, writing course for third-graders <laughs> is this uh, because yeah if you're in grade school and you think it was all a dream is a great twist all right fine if you're doing a hollywood movie and you do that in this clumsy stupid way i am going to flip off the 30 year old movie from my bed with both hands which is what i did for this film yeah oh th- this movie is the making of this movie would be a better movie than the movie that you get because this is written and directed by Jennifer or not co-written, but directed by Jennifer Lynch. That's David Lynch's daughter, who at this point, her claim to fame was writing the secret diary of Laura Palmer, which was like a bestseller because Twin Peaks was a thing. And she has a screenplay that is kind of wackadoo, but she gets Madonna interested because Madonna, it likes being, boundary pushy right now mm-hmm. and uh it's moving forward it's moving forward madonna drops out they get kim basinger kim basinger signs to make this movie and then changes her mind and jennifer lynch and the production company have to sue kim basinger what? they win he, they bankrupt kim basinger wow wow yeah she filed for bankruptcy it was eight million dollars and change Whatever it was. Yeah. And she just married Alec Baldwin. So now Alec Baldwin's on the hook for it too. Bad move, Alec. Wow. It bankrupts Kim Basinger, who is still a huge star. She has a couple of failures that we're going to talk about coming up. But because she doesn't want to do this movie. She got off lucky for not being in this movie because this movie sucks. This movie sucks so bad. So the the story is Julian Sands, again, RIP. I'm glad they finally found the body. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he was lost while hiking. Yeah, and yeah. found his we, body a couple months ago. We oh just talked God. about this. Um, he is this weird obsessive guy who's obsessed with Cheryl and Fenn, who has a lot of sex scenes, and, and then she gets injured. And so he, yada, 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 he cuts off her arms and legs and turns her into Venus to Milo. 
so he can own her now? Feminism? Yeah. Uh. This this is a complaint about movies in general. So the movie starts out showing us that this dude yeah. is ducked up because he watched his mom fuck. Okay. Movies never have a guy be ducked up because of variations in two genes that code for the cellular machinery that helps regulate the flow of calcium into neurons. That's never shown <laughs> in movies. It's always got to be, oh, yeah, my mother, uh, she likes sex. Therefore, I'm a. Therefore, uh, you exist. Person. You yeah. exist, who? Uh, but yeah, this is a horrible movie from start to finish. At no point. Uh, did I find anything redeemable in it? Uh, I award zero points to the filmmakers and may God have mercy on their souls. Yeah. Uh, we have talked about some epic fails uh, this summer. You got your Gilles and such. And this is like, yeah, it is, it is so fucking bad and dumb and embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch this again, but I was aware of its reputation do you, are you ever haunted by like a VHS box you walked past like 400,000 times? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Is uh-huh. that the case with the next movie? A little bit, yeah. I, I never watched this, or maybe I saw it on on HBO late at night, but never saw the whole thing. My, Michelle Forbes, this cast though, David Duchovny as our humble narrator, Juliette Lewis, Brad Pitt, right there, If you if you knew there was a 90s movies with those three people, like... I'll watch whatever that is. This is what I said. California, with a K. Brian Kessler's investigating serial killers. The victim returns to the scene of the crime. What he doesn't know. How many people you think you killed, man? Is that early grace. Boys will be boys. Is the expert. You don't write a book about something you don't know nothing about. Does it make you feel good? Powerful. Brad Pitt, Juliet Lewis. I feel good. California, rated R. Star- Man, is this movie stupid? And and like <laughs> the moment I started watching it, like this looks really cool. It is made by renowned uh, music video director uh, Dominic. Oh, I had Senna. Cena. Um, right. Looks the opening great. Like ooh, a fucking like Gen X noir thriller with nudity and Brad Pitt. Boy, am I down. Holy shit, is this overly long and nothing happens? Like, and the tension is... Brad Pitt is too yeah. comedic. Well, he is settling into his Aldo Rain accent. Uh, it, it is... Oh, God. See, for me, it was more David Duchovny's character because this is fundamentally an examination of how much do you trust strangers? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, not very much, honestly. And if you're talking to someone... And they think uh, brandishing an illegal gun and resisting arrest is hilarious. And you don't. How long are you going to want to spend time alone with that person? He is oddly and idiotically naive to what's happening around him. And also ridiculously I one of the most it's like ethereal, ethereal writers I've ever heard in my life. Like, I'm poor, but I got a huge book advance like. You don't have anything. How did you do this? And I think, I swear, it's the only time I've seen, like, if you could make this movie now, he should just be a podcaster. Then I would understand him traveling 
town to town looking at murder sites and reading into a tape recorder. It would make so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, what the advance is so that if you don't have your book finished, that you can finish it. Where yes. does your advance go? Yeah, now, I like this. This often gets lumped in with, like, serial killer movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this actually belongs with the Blank from Hell series that we've had this whole go. time. Yeah. Because this is a yuppie horror movie. <laughs> David Duchovny <laughs> and Michelle Forbes are like middle-class yuppie types. And then, but they, they think that they're like salt of the earth. And then they meet the real salt of the earth who are dirtbag psycho killers. Yes. And and I love that the, they, they have, have you. I, he only, I need someone to ride share this cross-country trip because I drive an anti-Cadillac, which he quotes at getting eight miles to the gallon. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, shit. I should have done the math on that. Even at 1993 gas prices, yeah. we're still oh, like, like a buck a gallon. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Diana, have you ever heard the term bobo? Yes. Yes, the bourgeois That's bohemian. What... Yes, exactly. they totally are. They uh, totally are. I, I know what it is, thing. but what if the listeners don't? Please explain. Yeah, I just said the bourgeois bohemian. That was popularized in the early 2000s by a book about, oh my God, everyone I live around. Where the idea <laughs> that you are very middle class and comfortable, but you also, but you care. I guess we, I mean, there's a certain amount of wokeness now, but the, the kind of people that... You like being avant-garde. Yeah, but you also like naturally sourced things and organic foods, and you put out a sign out front that says, like, love is love, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you care about stuff. But also, you are extremely comfortable, Mm. and you don't actually want any, like, risk or scariness in your life. I see. You know, you're Whole Foods shoppers. Yeah. I see. Well, I, I, I agree. I don't think this is a serial killer movie because i don't think brad pitt is a serial killer there, there's nothing I to think, imply no. that he's killed before or a lot just that he no, had the it's, capacity it's just that he's very dumb and he has no morals and you combine the two and this is what you get a guy who's just living in the moment he's got nothing and, to lose nothing to lose yeah yeah when you tell people to live in the moment that's great if for you the moment means tutoring disadvantaged youths or going for a hike in the wilderness. But what if living in the moment is shooting your landlord because he wants you to pay your rent? Mm. And there it begins. And, oh, just like, I I honestly don't know. I need to look up how long this. I watched this on Tubi where it is streaming for free. And they do a thing where they hard code the time of the movie because of how many ads they put in. And at two and a half hours, like, this is unpalatable. It is taking forever to get to the fireworks factory, and I'm starting to load this. And, uh, and there's, oh, there, there is a really good movie hiding in here, mm-hmm. too, or instead of if David Duchovny were not just sort of naive, if he were, because he's writing about serial killer, killers, you think he should feel more like intensity, attraction, fascination with Brad Pitt. Yeah. He's kind of never getting it. He should. No. Because you compare to the natural born killers that he should Robert Downey Jr. the shit and like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you to stop, but I'm going to follow you. Okay. And yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I mean, most of my respect though, does go to Brad Pitt and like, because at this point he's only pretty. That's all we know him for being. Yep. He is pretty. And he's above and, the title. This is like his big breakout thing, isn't it? Yeah, like and, Legends of the Fall, has that happened? No, hasn't okay. happened yet. Okay. So 
yeah, he's already showing us like, no, I want to be taken seriously as like a character actor that just happens to be. Pre- I'm going to look really gross. I'm going to smell really bad. Here's me and my girlfriend, Juliette Lewis, who always looks like she smells like three day old cigarettes. And, <laughs> and, and that's what I love about like her. a 20 year old, 12 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Which it does make an interesting comparison with natural board killers, which is the end of the year, I think. Is it? <laughs> she does this twice. No, I think it's I think it's ninety four. It's, next year, uh, it's, 90, it's 94. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty uh, close. But this is also the last time the vast majority of the audience is gonna be able to watch David Duchovny and not think yeah. Fox Mulder. Yeah. Next week Next that's going week? on. Oh that's God. that's insane because this 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 is like one of his biggest non porno softcore porn starring turns. <laughs> And but he's still kind of playing the red shoe diary guy. He's absolutely, kind of mysterious. Yes. Where's his dog? Is his dog being taken care of? Don't worry about his dog. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, this is my head cannon now. This is how the red shoe diaries ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I was so looking forward to this movie, and it left me with a horrible horrible taste in my mouth and mm-hmm. is not is t- thoroughly uninteresting um yes and i did like the siskel and ebert conversation about its ending oh please oh, no. hear about the subject my only complaint would be at the end the printout of what they learn when it's said and it isn't anything we well, don't you know see, that's what end. i liked at the end this guy this yuppie writer yeah he didn't know that beforehand so, no no he didn't oh. learn anything it's not that he didn't know it before. He still doesn't know it. He still is. He's looked into. You're the, saying it's he's ironic. looked into the heart of darkness, yes. and he is still casting it in media terms or turning it into his okay. own you think, way of dealing with it. You think that he's that was still, written? You think that was written then in an ironic? Well, the movie is so smart in every other scene that I believe the ending was written just exactly the way okay, it was supposed I think, to be. And yes. I think, and I think, it yes, was, I, I think it was written dumb. And I also didn't well, believe. First that, of all, if you're okay. going to tell people not to see this movie because of the ending, that would be a real I loss. Am, I, just spent oh, I love it when we get a clip of the real <laughs> bitterness. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm with Siskel on this. Yes. Yeah. Those are my favorite moments, honestly, mm-hmm. when they're just like, we are on national television uh, broadcasting at this time to more people than probably a top 10 network television show gets mm-hmm. today. And we are having to keep our anger in check barely at how <laughs> wrong the other guy is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to wonder if the producers encourage that. But uh, California is not a recommend for me at all. Uh, but you can stream it free, I think, on Pluto and Tubi. And the next movie I thought I had seen, but has also sort of disappeared for great reasons. Uh, but it was all free on YouTube. There are tons of free YouTube versions of the next film. Um, Joe Penaliano, Joey Pants, Jerry O'Connell, uh, Vern from uh, anyway, Gabriel Old, Gabriel Olds, uh, Jason Priestley. It is the movie. Calendar girl, calendar girl, girl, girl. singular. Yes, that'll yeah. become important later. Yeah, this is yes. important. <laughs> I cannot believe we have two movies the same week. Oh, sorry. Eyes, these lips, Marilyn. I wanted to say I love you. Good dreaming, bud. On September 3rd, Jason Priestley is following his heart. You have a date with Marilyn Monroe? I don't rest until she's mine. All the way to his calendar girl, Jason Priestley. 
You owe me some details. Calendar Girl, rated PG-13. Th- this this movie is so baffling. But what were you about to say, Jr.? <laughs> we we do have two uh, movies with confusing titles. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe in the same week, ten years apart, we have two movies, both named Calendar Girl singular and Calendar Girl plural. But yeah, yeah this was, one. Let right. me uh, explain though. I did not fudge the dates on this. Mm-hmm. Like previously, with Much Ado About Nothing, two versions of it. Towards the end of the year, we have two versions of Old Boy, and I'm I'm pushing them around one or two weeks in each direction so we can talk about them together because mm-hmm. that seems like it makes most sense. I did none none of these things. I did no mojo whatsoever. We just happened to get this. Is the second time there was a possession and the possession. I think that <laughs> yeah. just happened to happen that way. But yes, we have Calendar Girl, only one of them this time. So I'm gonna say this film, Calendar Girl, is the most happy stalker film I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell what's going on here. If this is. What kind of nostalgia is this? Because like uh, this is pro stalker. The movie yeah. at no point Be determined. judges these men for imposing on someone they've never met, a big star who has security, and they do everything they can do to bypass that security to invade her privacy. Yeah, and it also but the it also movie is on their side. Hundred percent. It also <laughs> does like a Boz Lerman thing, like twice in the movie. It's the 50s, and a modern song will play for some reason. And I, I don't know why they do that. And, and to make it even creepier, none of these actors ca- like read as teenagers at all. They look like <laughs> grown men who should know better. But they're three guys, childhood friends. One of them is about to ship off to Korea, I don't know, uh, to the Army. Vietnam, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's 1962. Okay. They do actually set a date, so... Uh, he's probably just going to Germany. Okay. <laughs> and and they're all obsessed with Marilyn Monroe, and they decide to take a road trip out to Los Angeles and determinatively meet her whether she wants to or not. <laughs> and again, spoiler for this not great, like, not really viewable movie anymore. They're rewarded for that. Oh, it, like, yeah. it, it, it led me to, I had in my notes, did this movie really happen? Like, <laughs> this is not believable. At all, no, like I'm sorry, it's not my week with Marilyn. It actually happened. Yeah, there's, I, somewhere there's a universe where you can sort of shuffle every Marilyn Monroe movie together, you know, chronologically, <laughs> and see what happens. Somewhere after all this stalking, and Jason Priestley steals from like the Minnesota mafia to get there, and is hunted by the greatest gangsters in the world, Stephen Noble, Tobolowski, Ned the Head. I'm a gangster. I'm coming to get my money. Uh, uh, like and 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 Kurt Fuller and I was shocked. There was controversy behind the representation of this of him not being uh, hard of hearing, deaf. I don't know how am I supposed to say right. it. Uh, He's deaf, but huh? Yeah, the character's supposed to be deaf. Yeah, but but that he wasn't. They didn't hire a deaf actor, and like there because, was an uproar, an they, apology because they. Yeah, because they argued they couldn't find a deaf actor who looked like an Italian mobster. Liar. Kurt Fuller. <laughs> Does not look like an Italian mobster at all. Yeah, he He's looks like man my husband still refers to as Carl Rove because of the, that's my bush. Yeah, he, uh, yes, and it, he's the guy determined to shut down the Ghostbusters. Yes, and <laughs> uh, yeah, this this movie is all, is like all kinds of wrong, and and, yeah. and I and there's no one to root for in it. Uh, everyone is bad. 
And it, I, I, I'm always kind of shocked. Like, why can't we find this movie? And like, this wasn't good at the time, and is is aged aged like milk. It is not great. Uh, I, I thought I liked it, but I think I was thinking of a different Jason Priestley movie. Who I had to look. I have not seen in 30 years on any screen at all. I have not seen that man uh, since Beverly Hills 90210. Luke Perry, oh, a Fifth Element was on TV during the hurricane. <laughs> I, I see Luke Perry all the time. Had not seen Jason Priestley in anything else. Right. And this is like his star vehicle. Yeah. To let's move him into movies. Yes. And it, it doesn't work out as well for him either. Luke Perry has a little bit more success. Which is so weird because like his, he was dressed, he was, a, his appearance was 1950s-esque on 90210. It is sort of a no-brainer to cast him in this movie. And the trailer makes it sound like he's the main character. He's not. The other guy is in, but he is a void of charisma. I'm like, why is this guy in here? Jerry O'Connell would have been better in this part. And like, he sounds the most like Kevin Arnold in the thoroughly unnecessary, non evocative narration. Uh, it was at that time. I realized my dad, like he talks exactly <laughs> like Kevin Arnold. Let's get into that. They end with a successful date with Marilyn. And then the next day she commits suicide. Why did, is this movie real? Like, why would you do this? <laughs> I mean, well, what are we I, supposed to feel at that point? I think if you know anything about Marilyn Monroe in the last year of her life or so, you know, she is so whacked out on every barbiturate yeah. known to man that she agreed to go out with these losers. Any one of these losers. She was not selective. <laughs> he, oh. The one is replaced at the last minute to who will go on the date with Marilyn the Marilyn Monroe goes out with these a teenager because they won't stop bothering her. What the fuck? Well, how, what kind of message fuck is that you. to send to the audience? Fuck you, movie. <laughs> Leave her alone. Could you make a pro stalker movie today? Um, I, the only close one that I can think of is Observe and Report, and that <laughs> and that person isn't. Uh, neither of those characters are treated very well and kind of used for comedically as kind of depraved and one mentally unstable. Um, I, um, my, the first thing my brain went to was there's something about Mary that great example. They are so nakedly stupid in their stocking Mm -hmm. that you could make a version where she sees them coming a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, there's something about Mary is a bunch of like idiots trying to set up meet cutes and then being trapped in them for years. <laughs> yeah, pretending to need crutches <laughs> so she'll take pity on you. It's still uh, funny. God, uh, Lee Evans is so good in that. Anyway, um, fuck can this we move movie. On yeah, to TV fuck this movie because we're yeah. we're right at beginning of September. TV is starting to get interesting. All summer mm-hmm. long, it's been so fucking boring. You're rewriting the last episode of The Fugitive just because you <laughs> need to kill time? Hey. Why, TV? Hey, we got to bring our listeners along for the entire ride of Johnny Bago. <laughs> and you can never take that away from me. Johnny Bago. Johnny oh. Bago. Okay, uh, Johnny moving on. Johnny Bago. <laughs> How I love him. <laughs> I hope that he wants uh. me to. As much as we don't want to move on from Johnny Bago, I'm afraid we must, uh, because there's. Uh, I know Maddie will be proud of us on VGA. It's a television of 1993, September 1st through the 7th, 30 years ago. We had the debut of the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog in syndication. Okay. Oh, 
listeners, there are two Sonic the Hedgehog this had never cartoons premiering within about two weeks of each other. And they're, they had this, this, they had the same voice act because Sonic was a property that rose super, super fast. It went from nothing to the first game selling millions there, there, you could not buy awareness like that. So they, so Diana, they have every day, five days a week in syndication uh, in the afternoon or for me, the morning, 6am, I would wake up to watch this. They have the comedic version and then they have the more serious Saturday morning adventure Sonic cartoon. Both oh, of both Sonics wow. are voiced by Stefan Urkel himself, Julia White, the first, uh, I believe the first American to bring Sonic to life. Totally fine. Uh, this, I have a feeling JR is going to be rough on this one. And in many ways, it's yeah. very unforgivable. <laughs> yeah. So I had left the Saturday morning cartoon uh, oeuvre at this point and syndication cartoons. By 1993, I just kind of left most of those behind. Well, so you're I'm coming what, like this... 14, 15? I'm 15. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I was, I was still in prime <laughs> Sonic loving territory. Yeah. So I have zero nostalgia for this. And listeners, I tried. I tried <laughs> to watch a full episode of this. It's I true. could he's, not make he's it. He's the only one of us that will put in that effort for you, the listener. Oh, no, I, I've because... watched all of this. And I, I reviewed the Christmas special and talked about it on several <laughs> podcasts because that's the last episode. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I d- know does exactly tie... two things about this. And I see someone grab the clip of, of one. I know two things. I know it's Julia White doing the voice. I know uh, Chili Dogs. Actually, and I know that's not good. <laughs> well, I, you know that that clip because that's... Just, I, I, I want to play the one, the wholesome one here. The other, Sonic, uh, what do we got? Chili Dogs. This is him <laughs> talking about Chili Dogs. This, this is where it's established. It's still ca- canonical that he loves Chili Dogs. A long way from the nearest chili dog stand. Two chili dogs to go. Can we find some more chili dogs? Two dozen chili dogs. Get my last chili dog by chili. <laughs> lots of lots and lots of chili dogs. But my favorite thing about that show that makes it age so wonderfully terribly, uh, I think that there was some standard for American television. If you were gonna if you were to broadcast a children, five percent of your show had to be educational. Somewhere in the eighties, they decided. At the end, G.I. Joe will tell you, remember to not smoke, kids. G.I. Joe. That's where they would do it. Otherwise, they would have to make an entire episode uh, educational. Now, I, I, I just, I was just in an area where I only had over-the-air television. Jack Hanna makes his, all of his money. Saturday morning, they put a logo at the top like, this is required broadcasting. This is educational television on Sunday morning. Uh, but this is what would happen at the end of every Sonic episode. He would, you'd learn a lesson. Kids, there's, n- Kids, there's nothing more cool than being hugged by someone you like. But if someone tries to touch you in a place or in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, that's no good. It's your body. No one has the right to touch you if you don't want them to. What? I, 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 good. No, that's a great I, lesson. I know. I, I, I know their Nothing hearts. Nothing he's saying is bad. It is a very good lesson. It's really weird to have yes. that be by the blue hedgehog who was just talking about how much he loves chili dogs. I, with the, with the, the fucking video game music behind him. Like, we're all having a lot of fun on green level. Yeah, I, I just remember like... As a little kid, like that's right, kids. If a 
man touches you in your no-no spot, you lose all your rings. <laughs> uh, what? But you also get an extra guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, I just remember watching stuff like this and like, why are you making me think about this stuff? But I'm sure there's a story, and I don't care to hear it, where this probably saved a cu- at least a couple kids from like greater danger and not just in the molestation way, but like, yeah, they probably reached somebody. So I'm, I don't, I don't mean to shit on it. It's just still jarring. And JR kids shows don't do this anymore. No, today. no, there is no equivalent of this today with your, your modern cartoons, your like Paw, Paw Patrols and will never tell you about your no, no place. Doc McStuffins yeah. isn't going to say don't. Oh, no, I watch Paw Patrol, and I'm a four-year-old, and I learn if I play with matches, I can burn down my house, and then the fireman dog will come. You don't, you don't have, you don't have Doc McStuffins. Like, if you find beads in your mom's drawer and they smell bad, it's no good. Don't, don't. Yeah, but the Adventures of Sonic. Listeners, AI is advancing. Make that clip. <laughs> Uh, I I thought this was the better of the shows because it was funny, but there's nothing inherently wrong with Sonic. It's not a very well written show. It's Deke Animation, the Inspector Gadget people. There's a reason why Inspector Gadget is kind of their Mickey Mouse. They didn't do a lot of great things. Uh, they also made the Mario show, which I think is a conflict of interest at this time. Oh my! Um, and and uh, but this is the more comedic one. The Robotnik and particularly his henchmen are the worst, most grating cartoon character. Sonic's coming! Oh, ooh, good! Like, the dumbest, most grating voices in history. And they made 60 of these a season. They're not great. But if you want to see incredibly not great, which is, I think, a lesson we had to live through and learn. You wouldn't know this right off the bat. This week on the Fox Network, you know what? (laughs) Letterman's vacating his spot. Leno's coming in. Now's the perfect time to strike with our network's answer to the late night talk show. And we're going to spend the fucking money. Who the fuck knows who Conan O'Brien is? We're getting someone globally famous. And do you know who they tried to get first? Who? Dolly Parton. Oh, that would have been (gasps) the smartest thing any man has ever done. And she turned it down and she said, that's not a good idea. But if you really want to do it, why don't you offer the job to this guy? Chevy fucking Chase. Cornelius <laughs> Vanderbilt. Which, which I, I think it's, it's the a... The 14th. No, I, I, I find this period so fascinating because there was one late night guy mm-hmm. two, two years ago. And for 20 years before that, there was one late night guy. Mm-hmm. It was Carson, and that was it. And now now and all then, five of them are on a podcast together. Got to right. 30. And, then, <laughs> and then after him was the weird show that was Letterman. But up against that, you had Nightline, and you had maybe a more serious sort of chat show, or you had something newsy. Or you had mostly reruns. Yeah, like, and, and I understand every single network thinking, now now is our fucking chance. The, yeah. The, they're, it's the wide open field. Leno has a bit of a home field advantage, but he's definitely not Carson. Here we go. This, yeah. this is going to work. And that's what they move. Letterman makes a deal with CBS that we just talked about. But everyone else thinks he's going to be too weird for the 1135 slot. We can we can take him down. But this, I, 
everyone is going to take a run at mm -hmm. the king right now because there is no king and there's a reason why who has talk shows now when you look at it they very they usually get talk show hosts from very specific places stand-up radio and other hosting gigs because you kind of it is kind of miraculous to get someone with all of those qualities to be kind to chevy chase here everyone who knows him seems to love him he's a good friend to have most people who work with is your friend most people who work with him who interview him journalists he's very prickly and kind of off-putting but but is also a gifted comedically in physical comedy there's no reason to hire jim carrey to host your talk show and even he has stand-up background that's not really what you do with the talk show you need to let a bunch of other people and things shine i don't know how good at chevy chase is that when you watch this show conan o'brien david letterman they know how to either sit back and let the guests shine or like we're throwing a party here johnny carson especially we are throwing Mm -hmm. a party chevy chase is like there's a bunch of people I don't know in my house, and I am very uncomfortable. He looks uncomfortable, and Fox paid an established star way too much money. They couldn't tell him what to do. They couldn't tell him, like, dude, you need to really kick up the energy a little bit. It is so devoid of any kind of grace and, and, and uh, uh, exuberance. It, it's it's really, really hard to watch. Yeah, You know, it I'm is- thinking about it of who who else would I have offered jobs to at this time? Because Fox had already taken a bit of a stab with Joan Rivers, who would have been where I put my money. Yeah. And I think you, she's she's got that very conversation. Like, honestly, the guy who's the most like Carson is Jimmy Kimmel now. Yeah. Who's got that very light conversational thing that he can get going. So someone who's, you know, kind of fun to talk to quick on their feet, you know, uh, uh, obviously, well, we already have Larry Sanders show, so we can't poach from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that probably would have been good. Honestly. I think that would have been great. Either great. any other member of Three Amigos would have been better at the job. I was going to say, honestly, you know, I think Ackroyd could have done it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, oh. people everybody likes. And I part of that is uh, uh, Chevy, I don't think it was very funny being himself. He was funny when he was performing and any good well-paid comedic performer doesn't want to do this for hours and hours every week you're they're not invested in a talk show kimmel's great because the dude inherently loves pranks and being involved in the writing process jay leno loved writing his own jokes chevy did not belong here and you i think we had to learn this as like wrong guy he he was wrong at everything though Mm -hmm. he was a horrible host he didn't know how to interview people but he also doesn't know how to make a talk show work no okay i watched the first episode it's really it hard starts it starts <laughs> with a vomiting puppet a <laughs> band name that actively confuses you on what network you are watching missed basketball shots a singing albino potato head an awkward musical number by a guest and then holding someone hostage on their birthday i am not yeah. making a word of that up yeah he, he brings out someone... his best friend and co-star goldie hahn and they have one of the most uncomfortable on-camera conversations i have ever seen <gasps> goldie in my life. Hawn would have been a good host totally i'm i'm looking at the list of all the guests and honestly the ones that are jumping out is like oh that would have been good hey that be good. you know what whoopi goldberg yeah obviously yeah, she's shown she can do it Ari anderson yeah, Martin Short, absolutely. 
Yeah, Howard but the, Chevy yep, Chase... They all have the right energy. If you remember Chevy Chase's trajectory, he was a writer thrust in front of the camera in SNL, was only on for one season because he quit to go do movies. He doesn't know how to work a crowd. He doesn't know how to read a crowd. It's just not what he does. It's why you usually don't pluck from movie stardom to make shows like this. Yeah, but fourth everyone weekend, was... Henry Rollins would have been a good host. Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis would be good host. Someone hire all of these people. Reminds me, Rollins is doing stand-up here. I got to get tickets. Love, I just oh. love being able to say that sentence. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, listeners, we talked about a new talk show ho- host last week. We're talking about a new talk show host this week. And we're going to talk about a new talk show next week. Because... In 1993, talk shows are the streaming services of 2023. Everyone's throwing everything at the wind. And mm-hmm. to someone, I'd, I'd actually like to see a documentary about this. My Simpson fan would love it to be Five Fabulous Weeks of the Chevy Chase <laughs> Show. But the real title should be Too Not Funny to Not Fail. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it has to be seen to be believed. That this was on because like yeah. him and Goldie on have it. I, I watched un- it. It's it's not a good bad watch, listeners. No, no, it's, it's a horrifying watch. He has a very silent. There's a they paid like sixty million dollars to build the Chevy Chase Theater. There's a much bigger crowd than there are at other talk shows. There's a lot of people there. They are dead silent for like. 20 minutes because there's nothing amusing happening and then like we got to throw a break come on goldie let's stand up and dance for the people i'm horrified i get i'm getting the, the goosebumps <laughs> from the douche chills right now as chevy chase and goldie Hawn stand in the middle of a way too big stage and try and dance for people who are thoroughly confused it, it is <laughs> it's unbelievable sight let's move on to something real quick well go ahead entertainment weekly gave this show an F. Yeah. Modern listeners, you have no idea how rare it was for Entertainment Weekly, which was so desperate to suck the teat (laughs) of Hollywood, Mm -hmm. to give something an F. It's -hmm. it's like giving a video game a 7 out of 10 these days. That's how it is. And that's that's my headcanon I'm I'm giving it. If you had someone who was, I guarantee there was something in Chevy's contract, I'm not going to write, I'm going to show up for an hour. If you had a talk, you everyone does test shows to work these kinks out. They clearly did not, and I don't think they had like we should not air this. This episode should never air. I think they didn't have a choice. Chevy's not coming back to do another one of these. We just got to keep going. And he there was only one good thing to come out of the Chevy Chase show, oh, and please. that's this commercial. Walking across the construction site. Bulldozer out of control. To the rescue is Chevy Chase. Slow motion. What happened? Chevy, what happened? We gotta talk. Not right now. I'm in the middle of shooting a Super Bowl commercial. Won't take long, Chevy. You're canceled. Canceled? Yeah. How do you get canceled out of a commercial? You're not getting the ratings, Chevy. Ratings? Demographics? All wrong. There's four or five other commercials the audience likes a lot better. They do? Oh, you're out, Chevy. I like this stuff. (laughs) I gotta give him credit for making fun of himself. This was... That's pretty good. Uh, Pretty good. And... Anyway, R.I.P. Chevy Chase. There, I've cursed him. The 302010 curse is upon him. No! Um, and I'm so glad JR brought up Liar, Liar, because I made it a point to check out this week's 
Mystery Science Theater 3000. One of the one, all. One of my favorites. I, I have a massive preference for. 40s 50s 60s yeah. juvenile delinquent movies and that's the thing that i've yeah. never seen anything like this and it's kind of if uh if adderall paid to make their own rebel without a cause or it, it, it's 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 or it's more like if uh it's parents exploitation because they're the villains i've never seen parents portrayed like this in old entertainment they're the worst <laughs> right well because that's why i love this the social engineering shorts and stuff like that and the idea of like this is how you be the normal 50s family and here we have a movie about the problem of juvenile delinquency and it turns out it's caused by well he accuses his parents i accuse my parents is the name <laughs> of the movie i i had the, it's one of the fourth dvds i have of mystery science 3000 like like early on demand experiences and Tom sings they laughed when I accused my parents and I killed them it, it it's in the Let's opening see of the, who's laughing now it's it, it's in the menu of the DVD I've heard that so many times liar liar I thought that was from a different from a bunch of different episodes I think it's kind of just this episode I think um, they've used it once or twice but yeah because I know my brother and I used to drive each other crazy by doing that at each other I'm like, uh, did you finish uh, did you eat the last cookie no yeah my sister and i did it too uh jimmy yeah. is constantly like this movie is ridiculous it's seven it's like 60 minutes they have to include an industrial it's a per didn't joel say it was one of his favorites or if not his yes, whole favorite it's, it's, it's uh, uh tied with hercules unchanged for his <laughs> favorite episode of all times so hercules my darling i, I rewatched it I hunger for you Sorry. <laughs> I feel you. I, I feel the coming on. I rewatched it, and it's in my top ten now. This yeah. holds up so incredibly well. Yeah, everything they do is hilarious, and you got to put yourself in the mindset. It's 1944. You're storming the beaches of Normandy, <laughs> or you're fighting through Guadalcanal to Iwo Jima. Years of slaughter, of putting your life on the line. Now is a brief response bite from the meat grinder uh the wac is going to show you a film to lift your spirits <laughs> and you're given i accuse my parents <laughs> uh, oh my god i forgot what i was going to say anyway uh let's play uh, fi final final point in a haze code context i think jimmy's parents are swingers <laughs> I mean, they yeah, they seem debaucherous so. and like devoid of any responsibility. They are they constantly just, drunk. They're constantly drunk. They're constantly just out all night mm -hmm. and just wander and in some other time. Yeah, there's like hints that they're definitely both dating other people. So mm. yeah, that causes juvenile delinquency. Watch, don't it, you know? If I haven't said it before, I, I just I'm in love. Mystery Science 2000 always felt really cult to me, and it has never been more available. It is officially on every streaming service, almost all the episodes now. Peacock, Tubi, Pluto TV has the new season. Get it. I paid so much for that season for you people. <laughs> you get it for free. <laughs> uh, then lastly, moving on to uh, the VMAs. VMAs, uh, the Video Music Awards of 1993. And I, I love looking at the musical performances was like, this is the music era I grew up in, but like, this is, it's, imp it's kind of impossible to like all this music. Can you really like 
Sting's If I Ever Lose My Faith, Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray, and Soul Asylum's Runaway Train. I did, but it does seem yeah. bizarre for them all to be on the same stage. Now you mostly have popular music. That's what you have. <laughs> this is pretty weirdly representative. R.E.M., Pearl Jam, Madonna, they're all performing on this stage. Dude, yeah, Pearl Jam with Neil Young doing Rockin' in the Free World. That was I, pretty cool. I, that's one where, yeah, I put my tape my tape recorder up to the TV and recorded it so I'd have it on a mixtape. Why? You should do that better part. Anybody, ho, ho, in the free world. That's how he harmonizes with Neil. Neil Young! <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was so cool. And mm-hmm. it's, it, compared to, we talked about 03 and 2013 where it's just like, oh, it's too sexy. Oh, there's so much sex going on. Here it's just it's just fun. Like yeah. everyone's having a good time. It's hosted by Christian Slater of yeah. all people. Yeah. Pearl Jam cleans up with a song and video about teenage suicide. Don't do it. Which I tried to watch it on YouTube. It now comes with a warning that this video is upsetting and you should seek help if you need it. But also En Vogue and Peter Gabriel are like up there. Yeah. It's like, I, I was always mystified by that. Peter Gabriel was nominated like every year for videos I did not see on this channel. Like, what, <laughs> what, is, what is this? They're all really cool oh, videos, by the way. Look them all up, yeah. man. That guy loves animation. And, and uh, Janet Jackson performs If, the video directed by the director of California. So ah, that guy's having yeah. a week. Uh, yeah. It and, does have a weird legacy, though, in that they tried to do something super cool and they brought Milton Berle and RuPaul out together. Because I, Milton Berle back in the 50s was doing drag and it was funny mm-hmm. get over yourselves people but apparently uncle milty not super polite to the six and a half foot tall black lady in front of him yeah and uh things didn't go great well you gotta um, you gotta think yeah. he's a, he's an old guy and constantly being pulled to the ground by the gravitational pull of his enormous dick it's this is, this is very <laughs> this very is the only thing you need to know about milton Berle, by the way <laughs> it's like it really could have been such a special moment, and they just mm-mm, yeah, he, oil he, and water. He, he he looks unhappy, and RuPaul looks annoyed and offended. Looks like wants to run away. Yeah, just, and like, uh, so it, also awkwardness. Uh, I believe this is the last thing Snoop Dogg did before turning himself in on murder charges, <laughs> and uh, the Michael Jackson molestation scandal is all around us and. MTV has video of Kurt Cobain defending him. Like, leave him alone, man. Like, oh, Kurt Cobain, you fell on so many of the right sides of issues in your very short life. Not that one. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see who the winners are. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, Pearl Jam video of the year. Lenny Kravitz, are you going to go my way? Best mail video. Katie Lang, constant craving. Again, Katie Lang on MTV with all the popular kids. And I, I, I love it. I, I, and I, be- I, best I, new artist, though, Stone Temple Pilots beating Tasman Archer Belly and Porno Papyrus. The only time they ever got that right. <laughs> I, I should have checked up on this, but this did fascinate me. Pearl Jam wins for Jeremy, a very unforgettable video that I think only recently had the uncut version released of right. the kid who kills himself in the classroom. Yeah. Pearl Jam retired from music video making after this, and I don't know that they've made a music video, and that's a big asterisk. The next two music videos off this album are just footage of live performances, yeah. They made they, uh, they made another that, couple albums until they do do the evolution, evolution yeah, which is evolution, all yeah. animated by Todd McFarlane. They're not in it either. Hmm. At this day and age, 
do you really have a stance against making a music video? <laughs> Pearl Jam? I mean, you, I can understand. We're musicians. We're not actors. All good. But really? Promotional music video against this? MTV is not what it uh, used to be. It doesn't mean the same thing. Anyway. this, this, this my, art form in itself. <laughs> I, I want it appreciated as the art form that it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Jeremy's a fantastic video that uh, if... Uh, post-99 and Columbine got pulled from rotation, and so there's uh, at least a couple generations of people who've probably not seen it, and uh, it is fine filmmaking. Yes. And, and very disturbing. <laughs> with that, let's talk about some video games. Mm. Was Street Fighter's release dates confusing to you when we talked about it last week? That was soup. That was Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Super Street Fighter 2. <laughs> the the fourth or fifth edition of Street Fighter. I forget where Rainbow and Dash in there. We might not have got those. Dude, I do not know. There are other versions okay. of Street Fighter 2 out there. Super Street they Fighter 2, the new challengers, non-turbo edition, because <laughs> there will be one of those, Damn it. Uh, comes out in arcades, and this was a pretty huge deal. This is when they added new characters for the first time, other than letting you play the end bosses. Yeah. This is when you get to play T-Hawk, Native American. DJ. DJ, a Cammy. kickboxing musician from Jamaica, mm -hmm. and Cammy. And I feel like Cammy is the one who's been the biggest. Cammy has kind of like stayed strong. I like T-Hawk because he was physically the biggest. He was like the Hulk of the group. Just huge, a huge character. But Cammy, I think, is almost synonymous with Street Fighter at this point. It's a very popular cosplay and deviant art <laughs> staple um, <laughs> cami. Look her up and get in trouble with your mom. Let's. Uh, I love the PC focus here. Uh, we got Simon the Sorcerer. <laughs> uh, this is another one of those adventure games that tries to be Monkey Island and mm. just can't pull it off. Uh there's also that early PC talky weirdness. They got a professional actor, the one of the guys who does Red Dwarf, and mm -hmm. listen to how well of a performance he gives. Out of the way or the tadpole gets it. I am your Prince Charming. Come to sweep you up in my arms. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was him getting attacked by a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, <laughs> Prometheus. I don't get it. I still just don't get it. How you can have talented actors, and the moment they're put on video games, I can tell they you, just suck. I can tell you because uh, video games thought voice acting was easy and did not hire. I would say up to half a dozen people. Normal voice acting performances hire to get things right. Things were done very quickly. And depending on where you made your game, not everyone spoke the same language, and it's hard to critique a performance in a language you don't understand. And that's video game voice acting in a nutshell. Master of Orion is also out on PC. It's something I could have sworn I heard of. Yeah, this is Civilization in Space. It's uh, been a enduring franchise, but... Unlike Civilization, you can find all these retrospectives on Civilization 1. This is forgotten. Like, there's almost nothing on it out there, even though it started a popular franchise. Um, and then uh, Wing Commander Privateer. This is confusing. Um, Basically, you start out as Han Solo, and you have a piece of crap spaceship that has a weak laser, and then you can just go out in an open world and do 
an amazing amount of things for a 1993 game. You can become a merchant, a pirate, a mercenary. Story is very loose. And to give you an idea of how much freedom this game gives you, you can kill an enemy ship, watch the enemy pilot eject, beam that enemy enemy pilot onto your sh- ship, and then sell that enemy pilot into slavery. Oh. <laughs> Why was that an option? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, you have to teach the kids about the eco- economy of slavery. Anyway, and then, then we got two returns, Return of the Phantom and Return to Zork. I am hoping we're getting some Billy Zane in here to slam evil. Is that the right Phantom? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, this is based upon uh, the Phantom of the Opera, oh. and uh, it's not very good. And uh, Return to Zork. Those are just so one, one of those games I'll never be able to understand or get involved with. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. I am old, but I am not Zork, Zork old. Zork old is one of the very first text adventure games, and I've never gotten into it because all those pre-LucasArts adventure games where you have to restart from the beginning because you forgot one item at the second screen of the game and you haven't mm. needed it till the ending and the game is just like, sucks to be you. That's just not fun. Mm. <laughs> And yeah, and then music of 1993 to close us out. We got uh, Can't Help Falling in Love by UB40. It's still number one. New releases include Icky Metal from by Archers of Loaf. Still a great name. Uh, Human Wheels by John Mellencamp. Sans Cougar. Must be a different guy. Uh, American Caesar by Iggy Pop. Wildwood by Paul Weller. Post-Historic Monsters by Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just throw them in because I like the name. That's a yeah, excellent stage name. Uh, <laughs> Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. You want to stop him. Yeah. He cannot be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, in honor of the VMAs, why not close out with some Pearl Jam? That was a pretty huge band that didn't have chart representation for us to play them as outros because i don't think it it hit number one when it came out not even close i mean they sold huge the album sold huge yeah individual singles not enough to to i mean i think the lower reaches of the top 100 that sneak in there yeah so let's close out with uh king jeremy the wicked jeremy by pearl jam vma winner don't go anywhere we'll be right back Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. My 302010 co-hosts, a new movie in a series incredibly important to both of them in different ways came out. I have been waiting to ask you your opinion on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And you can explain further, but JR, lifelong Indiana Jones fan, Diana, uh, annual tradition uh, with Indiana Absolutely. Jones. Absolutely. Every Christmas. Every Christmas. Raiders of the Lost Ark. But what, how do you feel about the rest of the series? As Comes and goes. Uh, 
Last Crusade, I think, is fantastic. Mostly because having rewatched it, you know, kind of as an adult realizing, oh, this is just a comedy that happens to have a bunch of action in it. Temple of Doom, basically once they get to the Temple of Doom, the movie's over for me. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming to 2003 with Shake a Tail Feather by Nelly and P. Diddy and Murphy Lee, which is number one and finally knocking off. Didn't we knock it off last week? Whatever. Crazy no. in Love, get out of here. Finally, um, uh, off of that Bad Boys 2 soundtrack, finally creeping up, <laughs> taking down Beyonce. Uh, Took that long. Welcome to 2003, September 1st to the 7th. Other new music releases include Dance of Death by Iron Maiden, Amazing Grace by Spiritualized, Death Cult Armageddon by uh, Dimu Bourgier, uh, Echoes by The Rapture, Hand Over the Loved Ones, a.k.a. Suck Phony, I get it, by uh, Weedus, uh, Doll Revolution by The Bangles, The Fiction We Live by From uh, Autumn to Ashes, and From the Ashes by The Pennywise. Um, I know it's just so Pennywise. Man, holy shit, do we have a lot of weirdo memes coming in this week? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. A little bit of news to warm the waters of 2003, 20 years ago. Does this mean anything to anyone? I, I gotta admit, like, I remember um, in college, I was in a social setting and everybody started doing this. And, like, I was like, what are you doing? What are we. <laughs> Badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Like, what the fuck is this? And I had to be shown. And this is like years after the fact. So I, this is a meme I, a very internet-connected person, missed out on completely. Ba- oh, my God. I worked in a newsroom, and all the middle-aged guys even were just going, badger, 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 badger. Yeah, I remember. Snake, it is oh, it's a snake. It's so dumb. See, the, the next 10 years are going to be like the height of my love for memes and it's going to be and like all these weird internet things where it's like the internet is just really taking off with these things that spread and go all the way around the world and by the next segment when we talk about a very similar event Mm -hmm. i'm going to be like i'm getting a little off this wagon y'all i even at my most generous it's nice that you care about this um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have more important things to waste my completely waste my time on, but uh, this is my favorite yeah. kind of internet trash because it's just a cute little animation that's that's fun. Whatever. Is it's there just, any other backstory I need to know you about did a this? Cute thing. No, this guy uh, goes by Weeble. He was uh, an animator. He did. He worked on special effects stuff on on a couple. Like I think the, one of the Resident Evil movies. And this is just his thing. He just had a channel and he just. Make cute little animations and it's adorable. And then when I was researching to find out like, yeah, what's this guy's background? I find out I don't want to save it for the next segment. I want to do it right now. Exactly 10 years later, he comes out with another Badger video 
specifically about opposing badger calls in the UK. Sometimes they round up the badgers and they kill them because they carry bovine tuberculosis, they say, but there's better ways to do it. And he teams up with the two coolest Bryans, <laughs> Dr. Uh, Brian May and Brian Blessed. Wow. And they do a Flash Gordon badger and it's like even better. <laughs> I guess I got to hear this. You got to see it. It's amazing. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. I'm so glad I saw Flash Gordon recently. Uh, holy God. That's amazing. I'm a little sad they do have Brian Blessed yelling at the end, but he doesn't yell, Badgers, dive! Wow. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Uh, Flash Gordon is fucking insane. Oh, my God. All right. And then and then uh, moving into the movies of 2003. You ready, people? Calendar Girls, not to be confused with Jason Priestley's Calendar Girl. Calendar Girls, with a wildly different cast, instead of Jerry O'Connell and Joey Pants, you have Helen Mirren, Penelope Wilson, and Julie Waters. Calendar Girls. Uh, this is the far superior Calendar Girl-related film. A lot. It, it um, not take also, much. I was, I was trying to do the math of like, okay, how old was Marilyn Monroe in 1962 versus how old is Helen Mirren? in 2003 are they close in age or anything because this is also about you know seeing a, a beautiful woman in the calendar but she, this time she's like in her 60s and it's based on a true story because it's one of those quaint little british movies that they are so good at doing they kind of went with like it's like a lady full monty mm. in the marketing because it's based on a true story of this like women's guild who wanted to raise money for the cancer wing at the local hospital. So they do, you know, a pinup calendar starring all these like grandmas and it's very tasteful and it's very cute and it's adorable. I loved it. All right. Yeah. And... This was definitely taking place during pre mainstream internet culture, pre social media, because it just made national news that these bunch of 50 and 60 year old women were doing, you know, a nude uh, ish, not even really nude, just nude ish, yeah. hinting at nudity calendar. And, you know, today that's just, well, I've seen more on only grands. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it's just charming and adorable. It's one of those, yeah, small town, charming, adorable movies that it's kind of fun to watch back to back with like hot fuzz. You can just pretend that they're actually like all murderers or something. Okay. Yeah, Calendar Girls. Totally recommend. I, I loved it. It's so cute. And uh, then we have a movie that is, it's more, it's, it's, it's more famous. It's, it's got to be more famous for its casting than its content. Macaulay Culkin hadn't made a movie in nine years. Yeah, and if you recall, yeah. we talked about Home Alone 2. I was shocked to learn he got how much of a percentage of the gross of a $1 billion movie when he was 10 years old? This is why he doesn't need to work anymore. Holy God, that is forever money. Uh, but uh, I, I, I know I saw this movie, but I saw I, I multiple times I watched the documentary on which it was based. Right. Uh, Diana Scarwood, Macaulay Culkin, and Seth Green in Party Monster is what we're talking about. Party Monster. Oh, I was so hopeful about this movie 
because I, f- first of all, um, it's made by Fenton Bailey and Randy Barbato, who previously did the documentary Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I loved. Yeah. And are now the kings of the RuPaul Drag Race empire. They are the producers behind that. Really? All of its thousand iterations in countries all over the world. So I, I was hopeful that I was getting another like 24 hour party people, mm-hmm. a movie that I adored mm-hmm. when we watched this. I've recommended it so many times. It's very good. And because it's also, you know, it's about people, but it's also about a larger scene. It's about, it's about scene. the club kids scene mm-hmm. in the early, late 80s, early 90s in New York, which is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. But it's shot on digital video. Mm hmm. Oh, I know. Early two thousands digital video, and that makes everything look really flat, like it's a bad TV show. It looks like they're on green screen sometimes when they're not, <laughs> because everything is so fucking flat. Mm. And I was really disappointed by that. And also, like they don't have the money to do like huge club scenes. They have like one, but they need these giant club scenes where everyone is wearing something completely insane, and they just don't have. They just don't pull it together. Also, it's it might be tough for some people to watch because the main characters are the phoniest phonies, and that's their point, and mm. they're so annoying. But that's the point. Party monster. But, yeah, party monster. So I was kind of bummed. I, I haven't seen the documentary, though, which I'd be interested to see because I know Jane St. James is still around, the Seth Green's character. Yeah. But it, it sh- I, there is a much better movie. They, they should go back and redo this. Yeah. Because about these super obnoxious, phony club kids who just, you know, act like giant bitches to each other and just want to one up each other and then get super into drugs. And then one of them commits a horrible murder. And it's almost an afterthought <laughs> because they don't care. They just have parties and go on talk shows and talk <laughs> about how party they do <sighs> dumb parties. I just I cannot find myself caring about a bunch of kids whose lifelong dream is to take a lot of poison and make bad life decisions. (laughs) (laughs) But what if they look fabulous while they're doing it? They don't look that fabulous, hon. They are so affected that you do every now and then just want to be like, dude, just drop it for 10 seconds. Can you? Can you drop it? No, you can't. You're idiots. Oh. So yeah, it was it was interesting as being kind of Macaulay Culkin's like return at like adult role, and he's yeah, deeply that's, hateful. That's, <laughs> I'll that's give him that. what I'm more fascinated by because now that I'm more positive, he was in a position where like I don't have to work. And do you think I l- started loving this when I was ten? Like, but. Something about this intrigued him enough to like, yeah, no one's going to expect me to do this. Uh, I'm not dying to return to acting, but I'll fucking do this like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's a that's a really cool aspect of it, because um, that's what he does now. Like Macaulay Culkin will not return people's phone calls and they just show up in a YouTube video because he likes that content. Uh, I saw him on a talk show just talking about like, yeah, I don't really work. I travel back and forth from Paris and New York. Sorry, everybody doesn't have this life, but <laughs> it's pretty great. Right. <laughs> so, um, sounds pretty good. And, and uh, once again, actually, I mean, we'll be talking about child stars in a minute, but oh. we can talk about a reteaming mm-hmm. of people who, oh, we got all these people who were just in a movie that should have sucked, that was actually really fun, A Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. 
and then they reteam for the most boring movie. Oh my god. Oh. Most predictable boring movie. One the on, one of the only reasons I'm qualified to do this show is that I would kazaa every single movie that came out. I would watch everything. This is one of the films that tested my limits. Like I, I don't have to do this. No one's I'm not keeping track. I'm not I don't have a blog. No one's no one will notice if I stop. Peter Weller, Mark Eddy, Ben O'Furman, uh, Shannon Sossaman, and of course Heath Ledger in the order. Alex Bernier has a gift for solving the mysteries of the beyond. My little brother was murdered. They brought Alex in to consult. But a pattern of bizarre deaths. Do you know what these are? Birthmark. It's not a birthmark. Has led him to a conspiracy. What are those? It's the language of Christ. Blood in, blood out. It's a ceremony. In- all right, all right. The order. The order. The order. Um, well, I he's ordered a, a priest- waste of Heath Ledger. Yeah, it's a waste to everyone. Yeah, he's a priest. There's a murder. He has to investigate it. Oh, no, it looks like it's some sort of cult conspiracy thing going on. Maybe they're supernatural elements. Maybe they're real. Maybe they're not. Let's look at this cast list. Does anyone stick out? Oh, it was Peter Weller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not bother rewatching this. I turned it off. I yeah. Like, God, it's one of those where it's like, I start it. It's not grabbing me. Let's let's head towards the middle. Maybe there's something better in the middle. No, nope. it's gotten worse. Nope. Oh, oh fuck. So standard. But I joyously started a free trial of fucking Cinemax that I really need to cancel before the end of the show to watch the next film. Uh, <laughs> allow me to explain, please. The, the The worst podcast I probably listen to is also one of my favorites, Fly on the Wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade. It's supposed right. to be an SNL podcast with only people rooted in SNL history and hosting gigs, writers. They forget that constantly, including in the content of the show. It is the perfect example of half-assed celebrity podcast. We're just chatting with our friends. Like, I really would like to know some specific SNL stuff, and you have wasted my time. Thanks for having Burt Kreischer on, who has never been on the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a couple of anecdotes come out about a movie David Spade will throw out. Who I like, by the way, I think David Spade of the Happy Madison group is kind of the funniest and has is the best performer in much worse movies. And this it doesn't come much worse than this. And it's a squandered premise. It's not entirely the writer's fault. Craig Bierko, John Lovitz, barely seen Mary McCormick, David Spade. It is for some reason number one at the box office. Dickie Roberts, former child star. Dickie Roberts used to be America's favorite child star. Now, to get his career back. This movie part sounds like the key to everything. For you to make this work, you'd have to relive your entire childhood. He's becoming the boy next door. You're going to hire a family? Teach me how to ride a bike. I think I got it. David Spade. He metal now. Pick up good stations with that? Dickie Roberts. This feels a little odd. Dude, I'm the one in the stroller. Did you just call me dude? I mean, mommy. <sighs> this is so... Fresh to have to have to watch this and then read that like this is based on an SNL sketch that was too weird and maybe mean to get on the air and was shopped around to different studios that was solely about the life of a 
former child star and they demanded like, ah, we want one of those Happy Madison PG comedies. You really got to get a family element here, which totally takes over the movie with the dumbest possible premise. You will be cast in a Rob Reiner movie like the Ghosts of Mississippi. What? Which one? Uh, <laughs> if but you I can't cast you because you failed to live your childhood the fuck are you talking that is like such an unbelievable premise to get to the stupidest possible direction to take what should have been the who framed roger rabbit of (laughs) 70s and 80s sitcom stars and forgets that it is for 110 minutes david spade has to go live with a family that's what this movie should have been called because they they abandon the child star any i was on board he's at a poker game with danny bonaducci and the brady kids fuck yeah hilarious show me more of that and also as a result what should have been the who framed roger rabbit of (laughs) 70s and 80s sitcom stars i do believe this is the highest body count of any 30 2010 movie we have ever had Uh, and over around uh 15 people in this are no longer with us 15 we have lost in 20 years including um Everybody loves her. Doris Roberts. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Did you, anybody else watch? It doesn't matter. It opens Citizen Kane style, but with an E true Hollywood story. Mm-hmm. Good. And then they show her, his mother didn't care about him unless he was famous. Doris Roberts. That is the only time she appears in the movie. It is very clear there was another story here, and this had to be rejiggered by the studio system into something no one should ever watch. It was one of the worst, most disappointing experiences. Uh, and, and David Spade, like on, on the podcast, he's like, he'll throw out anecdotes like, yeah, I know this person. Like, yeah, he met like 80 globally famous people <laughs> just by making a movie that should have been centered around former child stars. It's not. It's about a grown man who is living with a family for stupid, stupid reasons for Prattfall. There's stupid. No, it's so stupid. You know what? I love the way things line up like this. This is co-written by David Spade and Fred Wolf. Fred Wolf was the head writer on the Chevy Chase show. Was he? Uh, Look at that. A very, a very Fred. And Fred is a he's a funny stand-up. I, I yeah, seen his he's great. He's, he's funny. He, I, I know him on site. He wrote Tommy Boy, I think, as well. And yeah. uh, he's a homeless guy. And what is it? Billy Madison. Yeah, he's all over those movies. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, an unrecommendable. Sandler verse movie. Who knew from twenty years ago? Yeah, the whole thing is just so bad. I mean, <laughs> hey, honey, a famous person wants to pay us thirty thousand dollars to sleep in our child's room with our kid for a month. No, they didn't say why, but I'm yeah. perfectly sure it's for perfectly normal reasons. Oh, and they're asking us to oil up the slip and slide as well. Yeah. Who I, I believe they sued the movie. They sued. <laughs> they Slip sued. Inside said, you are showing that our product is unsafe, and they lost, but it's funny that they tried. It's, it's, you did not use our product as intended. It is not a lethal object <laughs> that will create a wackety-schmackety, Blink-182 song montage. Uh, this movie is irredeemably disgusting. Just Oh, John Lovitz is his fail the agent like i'd watch a movie just about that character he's never in this he's like they just abandon that plot altogether so he can fall in love with his surrogate mother what the fuck like this is so dumb it's so dumb 
Oh, I, it it bums me out because I I think there there are so many good stories that you could tell about what is it like, it, you know, and in a way that would be funny but also touching of like yeah. what is it like to be a former child star and you have all these former child stars there. Maybe interview some of them and get some good stories yeah. and make a movie of that. Yeah, and and and, and just what, what would be the good plot though? You're a former child star. You got to try and make a comeback, or is right. it about leaving that behind? Well, it Just could be both. Finally, giving up the idea of being famous. It could be both, and yeah. it could be a broad Sandler-esque comedy, but just fill it with fucking cameos and jokes about the entertainment industry. Yeah. It How do you about not trying, do this? Trying to break in, uh, or yeah, it could be about trying to you know become a realtor, and people will leave you alone, and then you find a way to combine the two things and become the best realtor. Well, it, in the world. It's it's know. it's something I remember Will Smith saying when he didn't pay his taxes but he is nationally recognized on site but i am broke what is it like <laughs> to be approached by adulating people every day and just be and, and to be struggling <laughs> to be like i don't feel famous or successful because i technically am not i think that that lifestyle is is fun it go sneaking into an aa meeting to try and get a role there's humor to be mine there. Good for Brendan Fraser for an uncredited cameo. Uh, yeah, anyway, like, uh, this sucks. I, re- I remember saying to JR, I am so excited to watch this movie. And he's like, what? Why? <laughs> like, uh, you were right. You were right. Uh, the, the theme song at the very end is kind of cute. It's what the it's whole the- fucking movie should have been. Yeah. And especially yeah. like even like yeah, there's a plot getting together all of the former child stars to put on a show. Yeah, and not not all of these people. A lot of these people were struggling actors, like people who had tough times and died. As Jeff Conway is in this, Dustin Diamond is in this. Why are they all like re- relegated to the, the final credits of a movie called Former Child Star? It fucking it irritates me. There are things some of you do that make them want to be sick. Florence Henderson and somebody from a show I never saw. The mom from Happy Days. Mom from Happy Days. You got Rerun from What's Happening. Jay North from Dennis the Menace. Even further back than the, the 70s. Brady Kids. That's uh, Marsha Brady singing. I can't go through all this. Oh, my God. And <laughs> and also the deification of fucking Rob Reiner, who is also kind of a former child star. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that's true. He is Hollywood royalty. Yeah, but he was, he was I mean, older. I saw him on, like, a Love American Style. He's got to be, I don't know, like, 20, 21, yeah. something like that. He's pretty young. Well, let's move on to TV, even though that is oh. n- not vast either. Boy, do I want to talk about this one. Yeah, uh, more notorious than it is worth watching. The Joe Schmo. It's a fascinating sociological experiment. Yeah. And I love that it came this early in the cycle of reality shows. Right. I don't know if anyone's ever written the big history of reality TV yet, Mm. but this should be a chapter. It it should be, especially if if you haven't seen the wonder that is jury duty. Thank out you. right now. I'm gonna bring this up. Yeah, yeah. With, with jury duty, the person who doesn't know they're on a reality show, the the Joe Schmo show debuts right. on. Now he knows he's on a reality show. Right. 
he thinks it's a he thinks it's a survivor style show and he doesn't realize that every other contestant is an actor and what's extra fun is like well some of these are recognizable christian wig is one of the contestants <laughs> she's like the psychiatrist before she, she got wasn't SNL. as famous in 2003 no she was before snl so yeah she's she's not recognized and it's it's fascinating because they could really torture this guy. And there's a point where, like, he becomes really good friends with another contestant. And they pull, the contestant loses and he leaves this show. And this guy's legitimately upset about it. And, and the producers had to start tweaking the show because they realized they could actually do damage to this guy. <laughs> and that's fascinating. I don't know Honestly, why I was. I've I've never watched the second season. That's mm-hmm. the one I really want to watch now, because they had a man and a woman on, and the woman figures it out. Really? And they have to figure out what they're gonna do now. <laughs> I because I love reading a bunch about jury duty where they're like they have like a crank. Like if this dude starts figuring it out, you guys need to get more boring. Really, all of you, <laughs> more boring, dull, go dull. <laughs> we'll figure it out, but don't let him figure this out. Yeah, Jury Duty is such a treat if, if y'all haven't watched it. It's the exact same thing. This guy thinks he's part of a documentary about what it's like to be on a jury. And everyone else there is an actor. The judge, the plaintiff, the defendant, James Marsden as himself. As himself. What a... <laughs> trying to get out of Jury oh. Duty and then talking about, oh, I, I, I got this script here. I can't tell you who it's about, though. And I'm going to read for a director. I can't tell you who it is. Oh, golly, they recognize me. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> he's hilarious yeah uh yeah joe schmosh and this is on spike formerly tnn currently paramount network um i don't know where it resides did anybody get sued over this no okay he he took it all pretty well mm-hmm. the thing um, is he was a nice guy you know the whole the point yeah. of a reality show is to find borderline sociopaths yeah. that's who they like they must give some special test and that's like the deciding factor of if you're going to be on it so they went with the opposite of that just a genuinely nice guy and so when he didn't act like a vapid sociopath it just threw their plans all off because that's what they're used to and that's that's what i, I really mean, love about prank sh- bad trip one of my favorite movies and jury duty is that like the people they're pranking like to see unshakable kindness in the face of just (laughs) incredible weirdness is a much more positive message about humanity than a celebrity freaking out because sharing the remote doesn't work like uh, I don't know I find something more way more fulfilling in that Uh, show schmo show went for three seasons but I don't think was uh, more talked about than the first one yeah it's. I mean, it's. It's like making a second Borat movie. It's just. It's very hard to pull off. Yeah, I mean, but it's. People you know, might be suspicious in L.A. Like, there are reality shows every filmed every second of every minute, and probably yep. going to be a lot more thanks to the writer strike. Uh, good. Good time to bring Joe Schmo show back. Said no one. Yeah, I can do it. Um, whatever. But uh, actually, and then, you know what? There's. Oh, what if you did a reverse Joe Schmo where? Every contestant, you tell them you're the only real contestant. Everyone else here is an actor. <laughs> wow. Or maybe you tell half of them that. <laughs> Ooh, or you, you spread lies about who the real and fake people are. 
Um, just really like confuse it. everybody. Have like okay. have a recognizable actor and have them say, "No, I'm not Christian Wig. My name is Megan Dundersniffle." This is this will <laughs> never ever be made, but it's been going around the internet forever. The one reality show that I would love to see is called Straight House. You get 20 men together. You tell them that uh, one of them is a heterosexual and the other 19 are gay men. And they have to vote off the heterosexual uh, in order to win the prize. The thing is, all 20 of them are heterosexual men. And they all wow. have to pretend to be the gay guy to not get thrown off the show. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh, that would be great. Uh, like, I just love the casting process. You will be unhirable after this, depending on your your depiction of a gay man. Um, oh, oh, my God. And that's that's the most notable thing in TV. The one thing I saw that I didn't get to look more into, but it, it never ceases to fascinate me, a super rarity South Park is has reached enough episodes to be sold into syndication. Cable shows are typically never shown, sold into syndication. S- syndicated shows go to cable. That's where they live. But South Park is a household name, popular enough. Kids want to see it. It's airing on like your local NBC. But the show was meant to be aired. It's like the first balls out TVMA. We're going to say a lot of stuff that is totally incapable of being there are episode titles you can't write in the tv guide <laughs> for the for and and i was doing a little research and i only saw this once but i because i was fascinated when like jr did you ever see one of those sopranos episodes on a and e a and e can technically yes. show whatever they want they just didn't and extended 50 minute sopranos episodes to 90 minutes and bleeped language you can't do that on network television. You have to take out entire scenes of South Park to air it <laughs> on your local ABC, your Disney-owned ABC affiliate. And this went on for a couple of years, and there's a bunch of stuff about, about it on message boards, but I would love to see some horribly edited clips. What are people's memory of that? Like, for some people, South Park was sacrosanct, and to fuck with it on this level, to get it on, to get it way more eyes on it, is pretty fascinating. Just to be the guy who has to go through and decide, like, this one is unsalvageable. Obviously, the one where they have the counter and they try to say shit as many times as possible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that one's out. <laughs> Maybe the one where uh, the elephant queef. Let's not. We're not yeah, going to use that one. Probably well, <laughs> this one. We might. I mean, yeah. and that's that's what the message board is showing. Like they are omitting swaths of episodes <laughs> from these airings. It's sort of disappointing to watch like this because you just know certain episodes are not going to air. Uh, but yeah, it, not a lot of cable shows that never happen. Almost never happens to cable shows. They re- they live on those stations forever. Uh, no, I think the- unless uh, maybe there's a strike and they get desperate, which we're mm-hmm. gonna be seeing this season. I think. Oh, this shit. television season season or or uh, what was it? Dexter. Dexter. They did the Ooh. TV edited Dexter and they put them on CBS. On CBS. Jesus. Yeah, they're, because of the strikes, you're gonna see a bunch of streaming shows show up on broadcast. Which is good. I think more people should watch Ms. Marvel. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I hope it's, I guess it's mine. It is definitely better than Secret Invasion. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've not finished. Don't think I will. Uh, yeah. I, I, it drove, that and the writer's strike drove me to cancel Disney+. Plus. Uh, uh, I have a bigger uh, Disney archive uh, on my shelf than you have on your network, and now you want to charge me double and show me ads. 
Suck it, mm-hmm. Disney. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, video games. Video game. Power Rangers Ninja Storm to celebrate a recent uh, celebration of the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers. Ninja Storm arrives on GBA. You can't stop the merchandising of the Power Rangers because there will always be more little boys who love the shit of the Power Rangers. It's a and decent girls. side-scrolling shooter brawler game. It's just the design. The design of everything on Power Rangers is Japanese. Of course, this will fit well into a video game. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Tell us what you think. Uh, let's close out of 2003 with Wildest Dreams by Iron Maiden. Uh, who has an album out this week. Uh, but... Oh, man. I had a fun interaction with my neighbor who's a total metalhead. Mm-hmm. She saw I was wearing a shirt and I had something covering it. And she was like, oh, sweet, Iron Maiden. Just because the font is so indelible. Mm-hmm. She saw Iron M. And I opened it and it's actually Animal from the Muppets. It's Iron Mayhem. <laughs> I know the shirt. <laughs> I know the shirt. Uh... She looked happy but a little disappointed. Yeah, Muppet make you unhappy. Come now. Um, all right, so we'll close out with some uh, Iron Maiden, but stay right there. We got to talk about some Vin Diesel when we get back from this break. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of September 1st through 7th, we have two movies hitting their 75th anniversaries. Let's start with from 1948. We have La Terra Trema by Lucino Visconti, which I have to admit, this is one I haven't seen. And I feel like a jerk because it is a early Italian neorealist film. Well, I mean... Early in the, it's it's just post-war and that kind of started like during the war and it you know mixes scripted and unscripted and it's about you know fishermen and their plight and it's got you know some professionals some non-professionals so the whole idea is that it feels extremely documentary style somewhat through the show i've been discovering a lot of visconti and I, I really really liked it so i'm gonna make myself watch it it's not that long it's a little it's like two not quite two and a half hours but uh, La Terra Trema, I, I, mostly I just know it by reputation that it's supposed to be absolutely fantastic. Now, a movie that I have seen multiple times, one of the most beautiful movies ever made, period. Possibly the most beautiful Technicolor film ever made. From 1948, again, The Red Shoes, directed by Powell and Pressburger, uh, starring Moira Shearer, who is a ballet dancer, and it's about her trying to you know, work her way through this ballet company and they're like, the the guy in charge of it is like pushing her really hard and like, you have to give everything to ballet. You can't have a personal life. You can't do it. You have to do this and this and everyone's kind of pushing and pulling her all this way. And then there's a big ballet and the dancing is fantastic. But oh my God, the cinematography on this movie. Jack Cardiff, who is a fucking genius. He did a lot of very stunning things. I mean, both black and white and color. It's, it's kind of amazing. Some people do a little better at one than the other, you know, back in the day. If ever there was a movie, it's like, you want to get that on Blu-ray, you want to do 4K on it. It is stunning looking. More real than real. Like, the lushness, the lavishness of all these dance numbers. Even not stage numbers, just people talking. You just are, like, hypnotized 
by how theatrical and beautiful everything is. So, even if you're not into dancing, even if you're not into ballet, you should, I mean, you should check out most of Powell and Pressburger's stuff. I know I've talked about, I know I've talked about a couple of their movies before. <laughs> I'm just going to skip which ones because I'm having trouble remembering titles. But uh, The Red Shoes from 1948, absolutely fantastic movie. So that's it for this week. Stay a classic. What we got to do right here is go back. Back in the time. Coming into 2013 with The Way by Ariana Grande off her debut, Yours Truly. Once again, Ariana Grande feels like that's a new musician I'll learn how to recognize. And one of her. Whoops, it's been 10 years. I slipped. Uh, Welcome to 10 years ago, Ariana Grande bringing us in. Other new music releases from September 1st to the 7th, 2013 include the self titled debut of the 1975, uh, Trouble by Natalia Kills. Uh, the Worst Things Get, The Harder I Fight, The Harder I Fight, The More I Love You by Nico Case, In It to Win It by Saliva, huh! uh, Love and War by Tamar Bra- uh, Braxton, Tell, a- Tell of Us by Goldfrapp, uh, The Electric Lady by Janelle Monet, and If You if you Wait by London Grammar, Blurred Lines by Rob and Thick featuring Dion Farrell, so number one, and I don't want to mention it again. News to bring you to 2013, I can't believe the first one was news to me. Really? I didn't oh, know I, that happened. I remember you're in the fallout of, of this. This does not go well for anybody. Microsoft purchases Nokia for $7.2 billion. I thought, did they buy Motorola? I, I, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. So they'll sell it in six years. Let's get guesses. How much in six years do they oh, sell the company no. they bought for $7.2 billion? Oh, no. Is it like a Muppets number with that German rights holding company where they lose like... <laughs> not quite that bad. Oh. I believe it's the, a billion is not part of the equation. Anymore. No. Correct. Yeah. We are in the... Who negotiated this deal? Elon Musk? How do you lose yeah. several billion dollars? <laughs> uh, because it, they sold it for $300 million six years after this purchase. So, wow. yeah, they lost uh, $6.6 billion, not, incl- not including inflation. But, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it, they... They had fired most of the people by that point, too. Like, they kept downsizing it and downsizing it. So, yeah, it wasn't worth $7 billion anymore. So Blackberry is a great movie. Oh. I highly recommend it. Glad you saw I'd it. I'd love to see a sequel, mm-hmm. quasi-spiritual successor, set around this. Because when Microsoft purchased it, they put one guy in charge, and his only directive was he had to, he must, come up with an iPhone killer. Mm. Wow. Not, I'm not saying you can't, but like when that's the you sole can't. directive. You cannot. I mean, because the iPhone came about like, what if your iPod was also your phone and constantly connected to the internet? That's It was the right time, and it combined so many amazing technologies at the exact right moment. And if you would have tried it five years earlier, it would have bombed. And five years later, there would have been a million competitors. Yeah. what I, I Like, even try and think of a device 
that could kill the iPhone right now. What more do you need it to do? A device to do? Does it drive? Does it drive me around? Like, yeah, I mean, you can't make an iPhone killer. You can make an iPhone alike, mm -hmm. like the Android did. Yeah. But yeah, you think just with you know the network and the brand recognition and everything that they would just make an something like an iPhone mm -hmm. by Nokia. But just make a sequel to, to BlackBerry, because don't just tell me about the vampires in Waterloo. Show me them. If that's where they hang out. Never mind. That's a reference for a movie most people haven't seen yet. But it's a great performance by Dennis from Always Sunny. Um, Nokia. Uh, they, they, they're still making phones. So I think they, they kind of bounce back from this uh, in some territories. I forget how. I mean, someone knows the name. Yeah. Yeah, I still see. I still someone see, owns the, the network and the tech. Yeah, there's still someone in a mall kiosk somewhere slinging Nokia's. <laughs> it plays Snake. Uh, and then <laughs> also ten years ago, a 72 year old man finds wedded bliss with a much younger woman. Patrick Stewart marries country singer Sonny Ozell, and Ian McKellen officiates the wedding. All is forgiven. Uh, that sounds charming. And yeah, but yeah, he married someone less than half his age, who is my age. And <laughs> but it's working out. It's been ten years. Congratulations! And I don't know if you remember, you were following him on social media. He had like an anti-social media stance, and then like gets married to a much younger woman. Like, look at Ke look at Picard out there living his <laughs> life. Is he taking a bath outside? What an adorable man! <laughs> That's got to be a much younger woman's <laughs> prodding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, we talked about Badger, 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 Mushroom, Mushroom from 10 years ago. And what do we have 10 years later uh, or 10 years ago in the 2013? JR's already shaking his head, but I got to do it, brother. What does the fuck say? It's so similar yeah. to the Badger song about yeah. animals with nonsense choruses. <laughs> and 10 years ago, uh, young JR was like, oh my God, this is so funny. I'm going to share it with everyone. And then this thing blew up and I was just like, no. I, I do you know, I, I, I think part of the reason I got rubbed that way too is the production value. And we were just starting to see like YouTube like, Sorry, this looks like the stuff we're seeing on TV screens and uh, TV and movie screens right now. The production values were really fucking high. It seems something about it felt less organic or like uh, sincere because like yeah. you had a budget. It, <laughs> yeah, it is. Looking into it, it is entirely inorganic. Yeah, that was the idea. These are guys from a, a goofy Danish TV show and their goal was to make like the worst song possible <laughs> while making fun of like techno dance music. Uh -huh. And, you know, a lot of people sort of lump this in with uh, like Gangnam style of something that just blows up on the internet and ends up on the music charts. And it's like, but that song is annoying. Gangnam style is annoying, but at least it's catchy. Yeah. This is just so annoying. Yeah. I, I could not get behind this because, because it is designed to be so fucking grating. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, like no, I don't need, I, I don't need to support you annoying me. I can find things that annoy me for free. Everything annoys me now. I'm yeah. old, and it wasn't made out of like any effort for artistic integrity. It's just like, look how easy it is to make an electronic song with Sesame Street lyrics, and yep. <laughs> here we go. 
and yeah, I, I, I heard this once. I'm like, I, I don't ever want to see this again. And, and <laughs> I felt a little old because it was a, uh, yeah. Over a billion views. Wow. With yep. a B. Yep. Is say his name Elvis? Yelvis? Elvis. Elvis with a Y in the beginning. And then moving on to the movies of 2013, 10 years ago, September 1st or the 7th. Did you shrug? Was that an audible shrug? shrug? Yeah, we got some shrug. Um, yeah, Emma Roberts, Leah Hensworth, and Dwayne Tarak Johnson in Empire State. Uh, Direct to streaming. Yeah. Didn't realize that until I put it on here. But um, wow, man, every review was just like, but why? <laughs> why <laughs> Why would you bother to make such a film? I don't understand. I, I, again, I, I still theorize Dwayne Johnson... Feels like one of you, but I assure you he's older. I think this is; these are the movies he likes, and the movies he likes, he wants to make mov- the movies that he likes. The movies that he likes are for older people, and I don't like them. Uh, I love that man and think he's one of the most charismatic and funniest human beings in our world, and I love him in, in good comedy parts. Uh, but, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's based on a true story of a guy who robbed an armored truck company that he worked for because their security was absolute bullshit. And they got away with an insane amount of money with, like, no effort. And then, like, Dwayne Johnson's trying to figure it out. But he can't because it's so stupid. Like, I, I get, <laughs> there's a really good movie that could, like, you give the Coen brothers that. Oh, my God, it's going to be your favorite movie of the year. But... <laughs> Anyway, moving on to Josh Pice, Scoot McNary. What a name. Uh, Ron Livingston, Allison Janney, Elliot Page, Rosemary DeWitt, and Touchy Feely. Touchy Feely. Such a high concept film. What if a massage therapist was having like some weird disease? It doesn't exist, but maybe it did exist where she couldn't touch anybody. What if, man? And she's a massage therapist. I don't know if I stressed that enough. She can't touch anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's such an odd thing where it's about a massage therapist and also a dentist. And those are jobs where you have to touch people. And then they have problems with touching people. Mm. I mean, it's a Lynn Shelton joint, which means it's going to be very sort of underplayed. I, I don't know if that's technically mumblecore or what. Uh, I didn't get around to it. Did anyone get around to it? No, absolutely not. Yeah, because like the reviews are sort of like, eh, that's a, eh. shrug, which, yeah, just about everything I'm afraid of is <laughs> just sort of, eh, maybe it's for you, maybe it's I, not. The next movie is for me, and it, it, it's, I, I can't say that I, I love it, but it's like the total opposite of bad, featuring and made by people I adore. Uh, Rob Hubel, Paul Shear, that's like two-thirds of Human Giant, y'all. Um, and Ricky Lindholm, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Bibb, Rob Corddry in Hell Baby. And if you weren't on my level as a comedy nerd at this point, uh, Tom Lennon and Robert Ben-Garant of The State and Reno 911 kind of fell into like being like the leading screenwriters for movies I find repellent. (laughs) That... (laughs) These two people who had made some of the funniest entertainment of my life were now responsible for a night at the museum and the Herbie the Love Bug remake and a, and a script doctor on like all these huge comedies. They became mm-hmm. very rich and famous for doing such a thing. 
but they weren't making anything like the stuff I liked. And this is more like the stuff that I like that they make. And I believe they both direct it. And it features a bunch of other comedy professionals that I also like. Michael Ian Black, Camille Nanjiani is in it. Uh, fucking cool. Like a horror comedy. But I, in my brain, I thought this felt kickstarted because it is incredibly <laughs> low budget. And yeah. its promotion didn't go beyond podcasts, which at the time, who couldn't get enough of comedy podcasts of famous people who Hollywood won't let make things being on podcasts all the time. And this was very heavily promoted in that area. But yeah, I, I have not revisited it and I didn't even see if it was available streaming because it's had a real low level, like I don't know if these companies still exist kind of distribution plan for a, a really microscopic comedy uh, yeah. about a demon baby that you have to end up murdering. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, what if Exorcist with a baby and it's a comedy? Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. But it's, um, it's, it's more their flavor. Like, it's not for everybody, yeah. but yeah, it's like a, a long state sketch. Yeah, it's like it's cute. I got a couple laughs. It was a little. It was missing something. I mean, it's short. It's you know ninety minutes. That's how it should be. Mm -hmm. You know, don't overstay your welcome when you have your premise is just so basic. But there's a lot of jokes you can get into it. But it's like I can't quite recommend it. Like it was because it was cute, but it was like unless you want to see half of Garfunkel and Oates naked for like ten minutes purely for comedic effect. That's the only enjoyment I got out of it. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was fun, I guess. Just, yeah, I was expecting, I don't know, funnier. Because, yeah. yeah, I love all those people, too. And I feel like there were some missed opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet I, yeah, I love those guys. I'm glad they got to make something a little more personal. I did not see Ben Mendelsohn, Robin Wright, and Naomi Watson adore or adoration, depending on your location, Yep. Yeah, so just picture the movie. It's about uh, two middle-aged dads, lifelong friends. They go to the beach house together, and there they start having sex with each other's daughter. This is in this theaters? This is that film with the genders reversed. Yeah. Did I have to put... I, I, makes it go from creepy to hot, obviously. Did I have to enter yeah. my age Not and credit really. card number before I watch this? Yeah, the movie you just described is Blame It on Rio, and it is sad and embarrassing for all involved, including Michael Caine and Demi Moore. <laughs> this is less because at least they're of age. Yeah, yeah they're but, really yeah. coded as immature and young and not really know what they're doing. Uh, basically, it's what if a Pornhub plot was real? They do get into <laughs> like the emotional problems I mean I grew up with family friends and I never could imagine having a romantic relationship with one of my mom's friends that's that's not in my wheelhouse at all mm -mm. Um, but uh, what's the biggest age gap either of you have had in the dating pool not much um, like two or three years I, yeah i think yeah less i think under three years i remember there was one beautiful week in <laughs> in, in oh, every boy's life has a summer of 42 it, no it was summer of uh 26 or 27 hooked up with a college freshman which was my youngest at the time mm. and in the same week 
a woman in her 40s, which was my oldest, and uh, for some reason was super proud of myself. Have since dated... I now know my cutoff is I'll say that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when I was 21, I had about a mm, nine month long distance relationship with a 41 year old woman. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, at the time, I did not think of the future. That was not as part of my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. you know, and I can tell you, it was fine. It was an enjoyable relationship. I really don't have any complaints. I don't feel like I was taken advantage of or anything. But in retrospect, I'm so glad it never advanced to anywhere serious because today, the idea of being 45 with someone with 65, no. Yeah. The human body rots. It falls <laughs> apart. I mean, it was... Oh, I was, come was, on. The physical part is not the thing that I, I am concerned with I was going to say more, to more age differences. A friend of it's mine... Like, why they, is a 41-year-old woman unable to talk to 41-year-old men? Yeah. Well, That's I, what I, I, I had. A, I had a handsome friend who, in his 20s, was dating a very professional postgraduate degree woman in her 40s. What that did, being that it was a few years this isn't sadistic or anything he was forced to live the life of a much older person in his 20s like he basically <laughs> lost those three or four years of where you should have been doing much younger things being mm-hmm. a little more domestic to, to meet the needs of your partner and that's the only reason I'd I'd be against it like uh, I dated someone 10 years younger than me that's the I was 15 at the time. Hey, zing. Uh, 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 that, that is way too low at this point. There is generations in between you two and what you find important at the current time. And I just, yeah, like I don't recommend 10 years. 10 years yeah. is too much. Yeah. I, I don't know. When I was in college, I had someone tell me, one of my fellow fraternity brothers, uh, JR, it's like you were born at the age of 35. Because oh. <laughs> even in college, I, I just wasn't quite in my 20s. I don't know. It's a different. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm in my mid 40s and ate 20 nuggets all by myself today. <laughs> of I am still living the life of a 21 year old. Yeah. I feel like the point of adore slash adoration oh, yeah, is Mishbucha is off limits. What the what? Teach me mishbucha a word. Mishbucha. Is- I that is a Yiddish know. word. It's the same as Ohana. It means family, but it includes oh. non-blood relatives and like your third cousin, but you're really close to them. And like your parents' best friends from college who were there your entire life. And, yeah. that You know, see, like your husband's cousin, like, and you're kind of distantly related, but like you get along really well. So he always comes to Thanksgiving. People who are the, the circle of people. All of them are undateable. Whew. All of them. Doesn't matter if it's if it's blood relation or not. All of them Go are out, off fucking ex- limits. Expand the circle to other people. I'm with you. Yeah, it's not just blood. It is not just marriage. Like you should not, you know, have sex with your uncle who's not your blood relative, but he's married to your aunt. Just treat all of those people the same way. Uh, Don't look for dates at family reunions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So we love Adore then. Uh, and then finally, Actually, the reviews are pretty good. It, it, I did it, watch it, gets, it for it what it is. Melodramatic. It's, it's good. It is okay. 
I'm not kidding when I say it is a adult examination of a Pornhub plot. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. It is saying, what if all those Pornhub cougars and they're younger? Oh, stepmom. Mm. What if one of those happened? There would be huge emotional damage is what would happen. And, and this shows it. If I, I had to explain, sadly, to someone like, what is up with you guys and all this fucking sister, stepsister porn? Mm. And... I was like, look. That's a new thing, though. That has only like taken off in the last like ten years. Yeah. it was not around like even ten years ago. And, and I, I had to explain to her, and I, I'm sorry if I'm being indelicate here. I'll, I'll be as delicate as I can. All of the scenarios portrayed is how I hooked up with people in high school, but my reality, and I think a lot of high schoolers' reality, there aren't many ways you are trapped in a room with a member of the opposite sex anymore for long periods of time to build up sexual tension. <laughs> I would never be at a house like, I really need a ride somewhere. <laughs> I, like That just doesn't happen to me anymore. But it is a plausible scenario now of why these people would be stuck together and forced to hook up. Give two people uh, enough time in a room, they will fuck each other. That <laughs> this to I've totally seen it happen. Been... A, a very willing victim of it. Um, but yeah, that's. I don't I, like where any of this is going. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, like, uh, it, yeah, I, 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 the, it just, I don't see the, I don't exist in those scenarios in, anymore where I'm alone with the person I'm not da already dating. Mm. How, when do either, either of us encounter that? When do kids yes. encounter that? Because a lot of the, like, mo most of the 18 year olds I know do not even have licenses now like i don't know when they're going out and where they're seeing people so maybe their step sibling is... mm. anyway moving on yeah, like that's, that's fair all right there's on. a there's a person you're not related to they're in your house exactly and there's a possibility they'll walk in on you naked yes like uh gotcha yes uh moving on to something <laughs> way less about my sex life uh raul <laughs> raul trulio bokeem woodbine one of my favorite names in the biz uh Matthew Nabel, Dave Batista in a fucking two-fifths Guardians of the Galaxy reunion. Uh, <laughs> Jordy Mola, Katie Sackhoff, and Vin Diesel's number one at the box office, you say with an eye roll. It, ladies and gentlemen, the third movie in the trilogy, it's Riddick. Bounty hunters. Hunted. Riddick! Left for dead. When darkness falls, now we play for blood. The battle begins. This man sees in the dark. What is happening? Time's up. You're not afraid of the dark, are you? I, I love the story of this Vin Diesel and the franchise. That mm -hmm. Universal essentially acquired another movie studio and inherited this movie didn't do much for it, didn't expect much for Pitch Black, comes out, and then eventually through home video and DVD finds like a pretty sizable audience for a movie that cost nothing. So then they decide, and then Vin Diesel's star rises alongside Universal inheriting this franchise that it can now do whatever it wants with. And they say, why don't we make, this is so cool to people, why don't we make this Riddick character into a blockbuster hit franchise? And the public responded with, no, that's too big. 
Chronicles of yeah. Riddick is is a little much. Uh, yeah, and- well, uh, this is so, I find it so frustrating. It is it is a very interesting is you know series to look at because yeah, Pitch Black is like it's so much. Like a horror <laughs> I, I, I want to. I, it's well, a I wanna, perfect pulp movie. It's yeah. just yeah, a great. I, I would say it's like it's like I was saying about Hard Target, which is like of this kind of movie. This is about as good as they're ever going to get. I really yeah. enjoy Pitch Black. Yeah, and, and Chronicles of Riddick very, is like is it's like a if very you... simple. Well, let me finish what I'm Sorry. saying. It's a very simple survival story with these little sci-fi elements thrown in, but they're thrown in in a very lived-in way that they don't have to stop and explain everything to you. Because they live in this universe and you get it. Yeah. And that's really fun. And then Chronicles of Riddick, all of a sudden, it's like, it's like they put in like all of the Lord of the Rings and the advanced D&D manuals. Dune. Dune, Where it's all this lore and mythos. And it's like, because Vin Diesel's ego had to have him be, you know, the savior of the galaxy, the most important person in the galaxy. Whereas in Pitch Black, he was just, you know, a bit of a scuzzy uh, yeah. criminal type anti-hero who's useful at that moment. But then he just had him be, you know, like the Lord and savior and the most important man in the universe. And this film feels like it's an apology. Well, it, 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 it's, it's fascinating yes. because uh, I, I think this is probably too needless a criticism, but like... Uh, when you made the when they made started making the Pirates Caribbean centered around Jack Sparrow, like this is a really good supporting character, but you kind of need a realistic person to send to ground your movie around. And mm. Chronicles of Riddick did not turn into the trilogy it was supposed to be. I believe David Toy is that how you say his name? David Tw- Twohey? Twohey. Twohey. Him and Vin Diesel basically had to go Twohey. back to Universal and I don't want to say beg, but like give us one more shot at this. And they made a movie for the same budget of Pitch Black. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick was a hundred fifty million dollar plus movie. They brought this in for thirty million, wow. and I, I think that's semi admirable because it it does feel like it feels like a, it feels like like I don't want to say pulpy because Jr. just said that, but I, I my power was out. So I was, you know I love to listen to old timey radio shows, but sci fi that trusts you, you'll understand this. You'll get what's going on. You know, you'll know if you want to see this from the first 10 minutes, if you're interested. Yeah. But that's yeah. th- it also makes it I, fascinating because all three movies in this trilogy have a are basically a different genre of mm. film. <laughs> well, this one feels like they're they're rolling it back much closer to being about like what Pitch Black is about. And then mm. he's a guy he's trapped on an alien planet where absolutely everything wants to kill him at all times. And, and mm-hmm. that's that's about it. This is going to survive this. And then people start showing up. Can any of are these people all going to get eaten, too? Are they going to kill each other? Who's who's going to survive and what's going to be left of them? And this is going to sound like a criticism because I don't love this series. Far from it. Uh, I'm not I'm not even a big pitch black fan, but I, uh, I feel like. I hate film critics who are like, ah, it's like a video game, like this would be a damn good video game, though. <laughs> where a guy yeah. interplanetary survival guy ends up on a planet where everything's trying to kill him and has to find Honestly, elaborate cool ways to kill pitch m- black as an asynchronous multiplayer game mm-hmm. would rule yeah yeah one person plays the monster everyone else is trying to survive yeah the most critical uh critically beloved part of this series is a video game i give <laughs> praise to vin diesel he he is 
I think he's developed the reputation of an egomaniac because he's way too responsible, more than he deserves to be for Fast and the Furious as a franchise. But he's a good dork. He's always always has been. He's been. A, he wanted to make. He wanted. He started his own game studio because he wanted more games set in universes and genres that he liked. A big D and D guy. I've known several people who've interviewed them. He can have a very long conversation with you on the dorkiest shit. And he wanted to be in a sci-fi. Wanted to be part of a sci-fi franchise. And this is. Still silly. Am I? Am I? Am I I'm, it's still a little silly. Oh yeah. A lot of. Oh yeah. This is goofy. This is. I. I honestly don't think you need to watch this film. It's not a recommend from me. Um, me neither. If you it's... haven't seen Black, just watch that. And if you've yeah. only watched Pitch Black, stop there. And if you watch both Pitch Black and <laughs> Chronicles of Riddick, stop while you're behind. And if you've watched all three, I feel sorry for you. That should be on the on the trilogy box set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I feel this... like if you like Pitch Black and you want more with an asterisk knowing it's not going to be as good, mm-hmm. but you just feel like you want more, yeah, you might as well. I mean, if you have no interest in any of these, no, this isn't this isn't going to turn it around for you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's not terribly compelling. It's at its most interesting, and that's why compared to a video game, when it's Castaway in Space or yeah. Robinson Caruso on Mars for the Dianas out there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yep. which is a real movie. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, every every time they introduce a new character, I'm like, ooh, this accent sucks. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, y'all should just go back and watch the first Pitch Black. It's it's visually interesting. It's got uh, the interesting dynamics and characters and yeah, it's like feels like as good as budget sci-fi is yeah. ever gonna get. Yeah, and it, 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 while this does feel like a valiant move to like recapture a little more of the tone and on the budget of the original, how many years later? Like a uh, thirteen. 15, thirteen years later, yeah. it's it it is admirable, but like I do not love this. And behind the scenes, you shouldn't care about this. I had to cram most of my thirty twenty ten research and prep into times I would be positive I would have power and I was correct and I made sure to leave Riddick for last because I didn't want to see it and then I was <laughs> but I spent my time watching this movie at my parents house my mom yelling at me to she wants to watch HGTV home shows and needing every moment of this movie explained is that his dog? Like, I'm just not watching. I, I couldn't get through it with my mom sitting there. This is not a great 70-year-old mom movie. How about that? Not recommended for 70-year-old moms. No. Oh, anyway, Riddick, not, not a huge recommend from either of us, but it's not embarrassing, yeah. um, which a lot, of, so many Vin Diesel projects are. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it, you, Triple X. Uh, uh, TV, a 2013 September 1st through the 7th. Uh, look at that. One of my favorite show titles in history, Uncle Grandpa debuts on Cartoon Network. <laughs> uncle Grandpa. Uh, this is back when... Okay, why is he an Uncle Grandpa? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's still old. That's... that's a, But I also call this... This is like um, the Bronze Age of Cartoon Network where like a lot of shows everybody really likes are going to come one after another uh, following like Adventure Time, regular show, Gumball, really good stuff for adults and kids. This is sort of there. It is just wildly random. 
to the point where like I this is trying very hard to be out there and I just I don't love it as much as the, the other stuff on Cartoon Network but it's, it's not bad it's not bad and it doesn't always center around the old guy sometimes there's a piece of pizza that'll play music Uncle Grandpa but probably one of the uh, least beloved of what I I would call a renaissance period for Cartoon Network Uh, it's it's what made me want to get cable again like these shows are fucking excellent and I'm experimenting with marijuana I need this Uh, (laughs) and then speaking of cartoons JR where is where does this fall which finale is this third this is the final fourth finale which is now inevitably the second no not inevitably i guess it's inevitably not the final finale no because at some point the reboot remake will end the hulu version so this is no longer the final finale but when i put this in the docket it was the final finale it was the third finale we've ended fourth finale i think we established there's no fourth finale no well it depends on if you count the time the, it was canceled and then renewed at the last minute. But they oh, wrote the right. episode okay. as a finale. No, you're right. correct. So you're therefore, correct. I think it counts as a third finale. Yeah, there's no More, there's no sci-fi uh, season. That's what we explaining correct. the finales of Futurama requires a degree that you would have to be a writer on Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best one, though. I, this is ooh. not just the best Futurama finale. This is up there with. Uh, the finale to Six Feet Under because very few finales perfectly match the tone and substance of their show mm. the way this finale to Futurama ends it. Yeah, This is the one where Fry and Leela get frozen in time and so then they live an entire lifetime together, right. get married, grow old together and then uh, the professor comes at their as they're at the end of their life, and says this. Okay, I've modded the device to release a single huge anti-chroniton blast. It should rip us out of stasis back to the instant before I conceived of the time button. You mean we'll all get to live our lives over again? Oh my, yes. Even that nasty robot, what's his name? Of course, we won't remember anything that's happened. What do you say? Want to go around again? I do. It's it's it, so, it, it's so it, it not only has like six feet under to where like the finale literally shows you how all the main cast dies and implies things about their entire life that you won't see. This show gets to do that and then it's to instill establish a way to reboot itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> And that's why it's perfect, because the Fry and Leela romance has been a low-key thread Mm -hmm. throughout the entire series, and it brings it to a satisfying conclusion, but it also has this amazing sci-fi gimmick where if you rewatch Futurama, that's canon. Because they just got <laughs> sent back to relive everything you rewatched, and by the time you get to the finale, they're going get, to get set back again and again and again. So no matter how many times you rewatch it's the series, so fucking, it's still the same time loop to the Futurama. People. It's so fucking clever, <laughs> and Jesus Christ, these people are smart. Holy God, uh, I agree with you, Jr. Because like I, I, I watched the 
previous Futurama finales not knowing they were finales. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the time, this this was very, very good. And it, who would have, I did predict it would come back, but only after like it was still successful for years afterward, after this cancellation. I don't think I would have predicted in 2013 we'd ever see the show again and that it, it would be like no time has passed. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't know if you guys it, are... It holds up great. My son uh, is very reluctant to watch any old TV shows. I can get him to watch old movies, but mm-hmm. in terms of old TV shows, The it's Simpsons rough. and Futurama are the only things he's kind of like latched onto and like really enjoyed. That's why animation is so expensive and time-consuming, because if you do it right, you will get paid forever. Uh, looking at uh, yeah, uh, but Futurama goodbye uh, <laughs> again, again, uh, again. We, we won't talk about it in the last segment for ten years. That's fucking yep. nuts. That is <sighs> nuts. Uh, anyway, moving on to games of 2013. I should look this up real quick. Rayman Legends hits everything and is just such an excellent platformer. I've played it on numerous different things. Is this the last Rayman title? I think so. I think it is. Um, I, I, I can tell you that for me personally, my gaming time is so limited that all of my modern platforming needs are fi- filled by Mario games. Mm-hmm. But occasionally I wish I wasn't so changed to my nostalgia because this game just looks like a really, really solid platform. It is. But I'll never play it. Because uh, it doesn't have Mario. Get the iPhone version. They, re- uh, they optimized uh, it real well uh, for iPhone. Because I, I played it on, on many platforms. And it, it might be, I think, it gets the most out of the Wii U gamepad. We just had to talk about the anniversary of the Wii U on Video Game Apocalypse. And this is one of the better utilizations of this thing no developer utilized. They made a fantastic, I think they called it the art engine, to basically make these beautiful playable cartoons, which is... It took like 30 years for me to finally get that, and they just seemed to effortlessly do it. And I think just this week they announced they the new trailer or something or a release date of the Rayman DLC for Mario plus Rabbids because the Rabbids ended up being Rayman's minions who would overshadow him and take all of his games away. Um, and then we have uh, Total War Rome 2. <laughs> Uh, this is the second. Uh, this is a really solid strategy game. The Total oh, yeah. War series are really good games where you can both play the grand strategy where you're moving your armies around and where you can also fight the armies when they meet in battle. And uh, it was super buggy when it came out, but you know what they say Rome wasn't patched in a day. Ah. Hey, uh, and I, I always like pointing out it is one of the more bizarre. And long last, like they were purchased by Sega, you know, the company with the blue hedgehog who you can't really associate with Western PC tactical, but they just left Creative (laughs) Assembly alone and they keep making these great Total War games under the Sega umbrella. I just find that it's a niche that no one else fills. So I don't see why they'd ever stop. No, I know, but it's it's still like what if like Nintendo bought Crusader Kings or some shit like that and it just still operated in its own universe. I don't think there's any Knuckles DLC for Total War. <laughs> um, and, oh, other stuff. I remember being, ooh, very mad at this game. Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse, the HD remake also from Sega. Okay, why did they remake this so close to the DuckTales remake? It um, seems like they should have like spaced that out. Don't think... 
I didn't have any anger towards that because one of those games was my professional life for a long time. One time they flew us to D23 and we all had to stare at one another from across. Ooh, the Fantasia <laughs> game's coming out soon. And so is the Castle of Blue. I'm just kidding. It was not that. While also promoting Disney Infinity and like, shit, Disney really just upped its. And they don't make many games at all now. So they, 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 no. they lost most. They got rid of most of their in house development. I think all of it. Uh, but this is kind of sadly, uh, DuckTales Remastered was available for a lot longer. This has been gone for, I think, longer than it ever existed. Because Castle It's a shame. really is. Because it's a solid, solid game. Yeah. I, have a, a, I have far more nostalgia for the DuckTales games. Yeah. Uh, oh, because oh, Castle the Illusion. Castle Illusion series for Sega, um, those are uh, what most people note as uh, terrible. They are terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible games that Sega made in a beautiful move against Nintendo. Like, we are going to license the biggest Western properties to fight Nintendo and their um, quality. Uh, so we will have Joe Montana and Tommy Lasorda and uh, Mickey Mouse take up the fight against Mario. And they seem like they, they're not very fun to revisit, but this game would be, and it's impossible because I don't know that you can even emulate this yet. Uh, it's a, it's probably one of the more, it's probably the best Mickey Mouse game there is, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I can't I think. think of what would top it. Yeah, Epic Mickey has a lot of rewarding stuff, but not necessarily in the gameplay. It's more like the package, the references. The gameplay here is much more streamlined, straightforward, and fun. Like right out of the gate. Um, yes. And and oh God, speaking of games I barely worked on, you can't get any I worked on <laughs> you can't get anymore. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystaria for Wii U, PS3, uh, PC. Uh, I think it may have hit Xbox at some point, but it was something that was never supposed to happen. One of my my personal favorite genres is what do you want to call them? Belt scrollers. Walk right and fight. Final fight style, double dragon. And Capcom made these two wonderful arcade games that employed storytelling and you could, in branching levels, so you could go to different places rather than playing through one straight thing. There was a reason to keep replaying it in arcades, but it had the Dungeons and Dragons license, so everybody assumed it will never be released again. And I was definitely around when we surprised, really announced here are these two 90s Dungeons & Dragons arcade games coming back in one package, and they're fucking excellent. And I have, I have no affection for D&D or that time period. These are really good games. Steal them. <laughs> they're, they're good. And then uh, lastly, uh, Gianna Sisters, Twisted Dreams, uh, another solid little platformer, that um, scrappy little platformer that's had numerous versions. I think this whole company is tied to Gianni's sisters games, which is like a uh, indie Mario brothers for the most part. Um, the Gianna sisters. And we are going to tell you real quick uh, in just a sec who died during this period and have a little quiz. You can play along with where I constantly win uh, <laughs> to guess who was born. Ooh. I'm just Doing well. playing Doing up well. my character, Diana. You don't actually have to think about it. Eh, you've done okay. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't keep track of any of this. Uh, but actually, if you look at my spreadsheet, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no wiki on this, so you have to take my word for it. Uh, but it gets some plugs out of the way. Video game apocalypse this week recorded 
in the aftermath of a Category 4 hurricane, I'm just happy we got one of the shows recorded on time, given how much shit happened this week. And I'll tell you a little more of that story in addition uh, to talking about uh, dormant mech franchises and how much I ended up liking... I, I gotta see if I can get JR a copy of this Karateka game. You will fucking love this package. We'll talk more about that there. Samba de Amigo. Greg is on. Uh, Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Again, Evil Dead series coming very soon. Can't wait um, to go through that entire series with you guys. Plus some Ash uh, versus Evil Evil Dead. That's the name of the show, isn't it? I just had a brain fart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, every Evil Dead movie, everything, all, all things Bruce Campbell, right after talking about Briscoe County Jr., patreon.com slash time. Get it there exclusively. Five bucks in addition to the other previous seasons. If, if Evil Dead is not your thing, we've done Child's Play, all the Child's Play movies, all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and woo, uh, most valiantly, all the Friday the 13th series. Much bigger, like twice the size of the Evil <laughs> Dead series. Di, what about you? Where's your ex? Uh, I guess I'm at listenerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. We'll see about that because I got served an explicitly Nazi ad on X slash Twitter the other day. Really? Yeah, it was about the 14 words and how if you agree with us, you should follow this. And I got that ad while I was looking at clips of Drag Race Philippines. So not only do they have Nazi ads, they have badly targeted Nazi ads. So I don't know. Oh, my God. For now, that's where I am. Or the show at 302010podcast30210podcast. 30, podcast. Coming up next week. Oh my God, finally, the August doldrums are over. The last couple of weeks have been like, eh, some kind of interesting stuff. Eh, it's fine, whatever. We we actually have some some actual shit next Hell week. Hell yeah. One of my favorite Start. movies and the most television I think we've ever talked about. Well, I'll let JR handle all the television debuts. Yeah, yeah. But things are going to get insidious, sir. Um, (laughs) Paul Giamatti is going to play the grumpiest cartoonist of all time wow goddamn motherfuckers we get the end of the Desperado trilogy we've got uh, a pretty good movie with Nicolas Cage is a con artist also on the uh... oh we're gonna (laughs) argue about that then okay well it's been a while so I'm gonna rewatch it and we'll see but uh, also on the horror front, we have one of the most confusing scenes of all times, and it ends with pancakes! <laughs> and if that weren't enough, we have one of the best TV movies of all time, period. And remember we were talking about earlier about Quentin Tarantino making movies about, you know, people teaming up and killing people? Well, yeah. Tarantino has had two scripts filmed by other people. One of them was the aforementioned spree killing movie we're going to talk about the other one which i contend is much better because it is a director that understands tarantino so yeah yeah we're hitting the road though that can do a style that tarantino can't it's technically like this should be wish fulfillment for something we wished would have happened what if tony scott directed a tarantino script well he did and he did (sighs) and i'm not gonna try to think for a clever hook I'm just going to straight up micro machine man read the TV shows premiering next week. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. 
The New Adventures of Captain Pan Planet, Theo, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Running the Halls, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Droopy Master Detective, SWAT Kids, The Radical Squadron, Saved by the, <laughs> Saved by the Bell, The New Class, Lewis and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, Sequest, DSV, Animaniacs, Ricky Lake, Bakersfield PD, Phenom, Double Dragon, The X-Files, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and that's just 1993. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Sequest DSV, everybody. <laughs> you can handle that one, Diana. Um, oh boy, oh, can't Jesus wait. Jesus Christ, listeners, get get some like uh, cushions for your ass. Yeah, order some. It's going to be a long. Grab a pizza. Are yeah. we going to reach Spartacus levels? I, oh, we're uh, going past Spartacus levels. Yeah, take your bets now on on how long the show is going to be. Are we ever going to hit? The Gone with the Wind runtime. We've come very close, but we have never done it. <laughs> this could be it. Um, and definitely, we're we're gonna blow Lord of the Rings out of the water. Oh I'm, god! I'm guessing we're at least at Titanic length. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, well, with that out of the way, we got to learn who died during this period. Die. Who died? Die. Who died? Die. Oh uh, well, these are all sad. Uh, in 1993 yeah. is when we lost Hervé Villachez, who's only 50. He took his oh, own no. life. If you are think of hurting yourself. Please uh, tell someone, seek help, because uh, this is very sad. Because he was in constant pain. It, yeah. it was chronic pain from his... He, he, he was a very small body, and he had uh, more typical-sized organs. Mm -hmm. So he was in constant pain. Is that why he That's shot he himself in the stomach? So yeah. definitely don't kill yourself that way. But that I think that expressed where his pain was coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. So that's... Yeah, that's pretty he, to, sad. To this day... That Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater of Rumpelstiltskin, where he is in pal resolution, <laughs> negotiating on stealing this baby, is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it, holy shit! I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Hervé Villachez, love you, brother. Yeah, well, just besides you know being such small stature, he just had a very strange voice. He mm -hmm. had a strong French accent that didn't quite sound French. It was hard to play. So he should have worked yeah. with David Lynch. Oh, oh goodness. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, he would have loved him. Mind blown. That would have been, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 2003, that's when we lost Warren Zevon, who was 56. Oh. We talked about him only a couple of weeks ago of because he had cancer of the everything. And y'all should dig into his music. It's it's like if Frank Zappa weren't completely impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> like it's pop songs, but they're funny, mm. but they're interesting. And then uh, someone whose name most people probably don't know, but is a very interesting guy, Harry Goss, I know who was him. 71. He was on he one was, of my favorite shows at the time he died. Let me get to his backstory first, though. He yeah. was on Broadway. He was the under, wow. the first understudy of Tevye on Fiddler on the Roof. And he was blacklisted in the 50s for being, uh, he hated fascists too much, which I guess made him a communist. Had trouble through all the blacklist. And then... Wow. became beloved to an entire generation of giant dorks as <laughs> Captain Murphy on on Quest 2021. C-Lab. C-Lab I was thinking about uh, DSP. Yeah. yeah. C-Lab 2021. He's the original captain. And when he passed away, people kept writing in like, what? Bring back the original Captain Murphy. You fucking suck. And it's like his son took over and kept having to be like, I wish I could. I wish I could bring my dad back. <laughs> Assholes. I, I think about I that, that I just remember the new uh, Sequest 2021 Captain 
going like i know you miss your old captain and you want to go watch some anime i i think it was the sting of one of the first episodes and it not only made me laugh it made like my girlfriend and her friend at the girlfriend at the time like double over and laugh at a show they were determined not to be entertained by and it was because of him and he's wearing a fake mustache and about to sleep with a girl and he's like do you want the mustache on or off and she's like off please silence too bad and then it just it just ends yeah, it was, i've it was, used that line yeah it, it was not with mustaches but yes <laughs> yeah it was such an odd fit for just you know the dorkiest oh i wonder what they're smoking kind of show to get this you know like seasoned broadway guy who's a like older than their voice. grandpa's Oh. And he is so funny, so funny on that show. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, the so yeah, R.I.P. Harry Goss. All right, with the deaths out of the way, it's time for life, Jr. The with the birthday quiz. Birthdays. Let's get. Let's do it. All right. Born September third, nineteen sixty-five. Father is an actor. Mother is an artist. 1975, you said? 1965. 65, got it. One of the most famous people to ever go public with an HIV diagnosis. Charlie Sheen? <laughs> yes. There it is. It was Charlie <laughs> Sheen. Yeah, oh, my God. There it is. Well, I knew it couldn't be uh, nothing. He's older than that. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, him. yes, films of his we've talked about include Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, part in Amazing Stories, the TV show, Wall Street, uh, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, Young Guns, Men at Work, uh, of course, the major league films, uh, Being John Malkovich, uh, Scary Movie, uh, and, of course, uh, the TV show Two and a Half Men, where... They had Poochie die and return to his own planet. <laughs> Which was also a screen adaptation of, a TV adaptation of Anger Management. That was his home planet. Uh, it's okay that no one remembers that show exists. But, no, uh, no you oh. shouldn't. Uh, glad we still have you, Charlie Sheen. It seems like you lowered your Adderall prescription, and I'm re- really happy for you. Yeah. I No, I, I, I honestly like applaud him coming out with this HIV diagnosis because so many people immediately are going to be like, well, you deserve it because you're an idiot and you fuck around and you do drugs and this is what happens. It's like, no, that's not, uh, no, it's not a punishment. Shut up. (laughs) No, I I really respect that, that that he could have absolutely never said a word and no one would know differently and no one would have given him the extra ration of shit. It's true. Um, yep. Good on you, Charlie Sheen. Uh, yeah, had a good time. People, it's just like, yeah, God damn it. Why are you talented and such a fuck up? Stop being a fuck up. Go back to being talented. Um, had a good time getting it, though. So anyway, but anyway, <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time. Terrible insert for a plug there. Give us five bucks. We'll give you a does bunch of extra shows. A, does he count as a child star? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He was a teenager. I mean, how, um, yeah, he's like 16, 17. Yeah, he was, for, he was uh, real young. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. He, he was really mm, young. We have a theme. Um, yeah. I'll, yeah. Never mind. I'm deleting a, a editing my own mind. Uh, but patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, 
tell a friend about the show. Listen to Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, dis- disclose your HIV and <laughs> yes, and, and um and do as I say, not as I do. Um, and get, you know, get tested. You know, it's it's not as bad as it was. It's interesting. We're next week. We're going to talk about. Pretty sure you can do the, it at home the, now. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to talk about a, a a TV movie about how we got to where we are now mm. when it comes to HIV. The very beginning that I think is outstanding. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, can right. Oh, right. Compare where we were. Oh, my God. That's Things the... are great now. Now I know what your hint was. All right. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and we're close. We're going to close out with a, a little queen. The song by Janelle Monet featuring Erica Badu. I tease you, but you're going to get something almost as good as the band queen. Uh, thank you for listening. To- <laughs> you just play the Flash Gordon Batcher 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 at them again. <laughs> uh, I'd be down with that. Uh, in the words of Harry Gauze, you are too bad. <laughs> <laughs>